Welcome to the Save Room, your safe haven for gaming news and discussion. My name is Kevin. My name's Daniel. And this is episode 129, 129, just as fine as, as the rest of the things that we've done. <laughs> <laughs> We're coming to you after a long absence of... Two weeks. Of, I think more, even. Three weeks. Three weeks. Jesus Christ, what happened? Well... Where well, were the boys? A few things have happened since then. You got a year older, uh... That's really about it. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, played some games. Mm-hmm. Uh, Platinum Horizon. Heck yeah, dude. The Forbidden West. I Platinum Sifu. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Look at that. Pop Look that plat. That. Little mini segment Pop going that right plat. Pop that plat. The greatest sub-podcast <laughs> in <laughs> podcasting history. Pop that, that plat. Actually, I don't know that that's true. Uh, don't name another podcast sub-podcast. I don't give a fuck about other podcasts. Okay, I won't name... <laughs> he was about to do it, wasn't he? I was gonna name Ragu Bagu. Fuck that from, shit! From Kind of Funny. We're the only product on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, the, the, the fucking disparaging remarks this Kind of Funny organization has against the Lost World Jurassic Park, calling it the worst Jurassic Park, they need to be lined up and slapped in a row. <laughs> I'm actually offended. That's an offensive By the me. fact, because they, they just did Jurassic Park 3, and they're like, oh yeah, this is number two above Lost World, and I don't even think this is going to move from the number two spot. And I'm like, are you guys clinically mental? Like, what? <laughs> what? what? I think, I was telling you, I agree most with their Marvel rankings. Um, I barely do. And then everything beyond that is just kind of like really scattershot. That's very upsetting. Yeah. It's very upsetting that the the hatred towards lost world they're they're saying bad writing bad bad music bad everything i'm like no it's just because the movie's not fun mm-hmm. that's the problem with that yeah. movie for general audiences it's, it's, it's not fun it's to them. darker and more dour in some parts and you have like interesting character mm-hmm. pieces that hang for a little while longer yeah. where it almost feels like it's not always the emphasis on dinosaurs in this movie it's like let's talk about ian malcolm and his daughter. <laughs> Let's talk about his daughter and the problems that he's having with his girlfriend. And that's yeah. it's going to make you slightly uncomfortable. The movie makes you uncomfortable in, in the realistic ways. But I remember seeing that movie in theaters when I was like eight years old. I was seven. Fucking loving it. I must have been nine then. Must have been nine. Yeah. Because we're two years apart. See, my, my age is like, it goes along with the years. So mm-hmm. I was born in 1990. So I know I was definitely seven in 1997. Uh, okay. That yeah. makes sense. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, so. But I remember uh, the zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. Of the Lost World. <laughs> At seven years old, do you remember? The toys. <laughs> oh, God, the, the toys. cereal box. Had this amazing fucking, like, you know how, how uh, cardboard has that, like, um, 3D-ish look to it? Mm-hmm. It had that going on where, like, the logo was raised on mm-hmm. the box. The I cereal was disgusting. Mm-hmm. It was not good. I remember that as a kid going, like, oh, this is bad Lucky Charms. And not the kind that gives you uh, <laughs> diarrhea. <laughs> Colorful diarrhea. Colorful diarrhea. Actually, did you see there's something going on right now with Lucky Charms where, like, there has been a small... Maybe it's ever-increasing, but there's been cases of food poisoning associated (laughs) with Lucky Charms. Yeah, that's what I'm referencing. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did see that. Is it the marshmallows? That's what I would think it is. And am I I supposed to say it how it's spelled? Marshmallow? (laughs) I always wonder that. I hate words. Yeah. I hate them. Why do we use them so much? I mean, the thing about being Americans is that we just bastardize the language as we feel suited, right? Like, we just do whatever we want with it, so. 
Yeah. <laughs> we sure do. Marshmallow. Marshmallow. Anyway, video games. <laughs> yeah. We've already gone to the Lost World. And now Lucky Charms. So I'm gonna I'm gonna tease something. We don't it, it's often bad to talk about things before they're supposed to happen. Oh, this because, happened to us before. Because we might like <laughs> we might curse it. What did it happen with before? The fucking Avangelion oh, uh, podcast we wanted yeah. to do. Well maybe this could be a part of it. This could be a part so, of so it. So Kevin okay. and I are like spitballing <laughs> the idea of doing uh kind of a, a sub podcast series it'll be like a season format i like to call it a word child a word child yeah the tentative title right now is backtracks and no s <laughs> backtrack just backtrack okay so savor and backtrack savor and backtrack and the idea is it's like gonna just kind of be like a few episode catalog book club of us just talking about things in retrospect so yeah. like movies comics albums whatever whatever it is and we want to do an episode on lost world jurassic park we do <laughs> we do to defend its honor <laughs> against the the uh, misaligned revisionist history mm-hmm. that I'm seeing going on here. People are saying, oh, they're giving Jurassic Park 3 a pass? I'm sorry. Did I wake up in hell? <laughs> I find that movie to be kind of boring. <laughs> Jurassic Park 3? Yeah. Oh, it's completely fucking boring. Yeah. And erratically paced. Mm-hmm. And features a cast that does not matter. And <laughs> has like a few moments or pockets that like are interesting. Mm-hmm. And then they get swallowed up by bad animatronics and bad CG. I do think that movie is like a tight 90 though, which is the only I think it's thing. under 90. Is it? Which is crazy. Yeah. Okay. So that's like the only thing that, that plays in its favor. So. Yeah. Rumor has it that the editor had more footage to work with, but he wanted to die watching all of it. <laughs> so he just cut down like fucking 40 minutes. <laughs> I thought it was just that he got stuck on Isla Sona and uh, got eaten by a dinosaur. Isla Sona? <laughs> Isla Sona? How dare you? Isla Sona. Isla Sona, whatever. Yeah, man. It's Listen, part, it's part, of, it's part of the five deaths, dude. It's part of the five deaths, the chain of five islands, yeah. man. Listen, I know you know all about it. You're the Jurassic Park diehard. Oh, dude, you, I can't you wait. You platinumed Lego Jurassic Park. Dude, I'm going to show you the map of the island. We're going to look at it and talk about it. So backtrack. I'm excited about backtrack. Yeah. I, I hope it's not one of those things that we've just jinxed by talking it into the world i'm gonna be on i talked about it on stream the other night okay. too and people were really excited yeah about it. they're like oh that sounds fucking rad dude yeah yeah we're gonna just do it at like eight to ten episodes probably and then know, the thing is like we can just record them whenever and just throw them out into the world just throw don't even fucking edit it yeah don't oh do that no you know me i'm a fastidious editor but anyway that's something <laughs> fastidious so editor. video games save room podcast let's do the plug hello plug we're the save room the only podcast that will defend the lost world jurassic park it's honor it's legacy. It's bad video games that came out, including Warpath Jurassic Park, the fighting game for the PlayStation wow, 1. I, I had that. that. I had that. Oh. It was terrible. <laughs> but you would eat humans for power-ups. Oh. It was really cool. It was basically a Bloody Roar, but 3D. Okay. I was thinking Primal Rage. So it was like the Tekken of... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more like Primal Rage. Yeah. That's good. But not 2D. Mm. It's 3D, Tekken-ish. You move around... Okay. And you, th- and you eat humans that are like, what are these dinosaurs? We need more games like that and less games like, what, Jurassic Park Simulator? Oh, you mean... called? No, 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 no. Um, Operation Genesis? No, that was the old one. There's, it, there's it is a, a park sim. Yeah, there's one out right now that's just a, like a Jurassic Park sim. Oh, Jurassic Park Evolution. There we go. Or Jurassic World Evolution because Universal refuses to allow anybody to use the park name anymore. Well, it's they, gotta be world. They have to elevate the new world franchise. This is, this is good. That's true. So that's true. But fuck them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, you can find us on SoundCloud.com slash the Save Room Show, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and other 
fucking podcasting services across the internet where RSS feeds just automatically onboard our shit. Mm-hmm. I don't know what those could be. Could, could be, be Stitcher. Could be some weird like Flickbean. Flickbean. Yeah, I think Podbean is one of them too, right? Soundmound. Soundmound. <laughs> Listen, glistens. Ear fears. <laughs> Yo, if there's a podcast feed <laughs> called Ear Fears, I want to be on Can it. Can we be on Ear Fears, please? <laughs> Earfears.com slash the saver. There we go. You can also find our faces on twitch.tv. My face is at twitch.tv slash the red herb. And you can find Daniel at twitch.tv slash dungeons and daniels. So to kind of backtrack here. Backtrack. <laughs> So you've been doing a lot of streams. You took kind of yeah. a few days off for your your birthday. You did a great charity stream, by the way. Um, if you want to tell us about that, I did. I wanted to raise some money for Trans Lifeline. Uh, they essentially support a hotline uh, where trans people can call in when they uh, are any issue that you have. Uh, they help out when people are at their uh, at their worst, mm-hmm. and I think that's a good a good cause. And I researched them a bit as, mm-hmm. as well beforehand to make sure that, hey, is this a good cause? And I found out James Stephanie uh, Sterling mm-hmm. also was raising money through uh, their Twitch channel for it. So I was like, all right, this, hmm. this, this seems like uh, even keel. So, Does it have any association with like the Trevor Project? I don't think so. Oh, okay. I don't think so. But um, yeah, I, I set a goal to uh, raise 400 bucks because I figured, hey, I'm going to do some birthday streams. Let's like I'd rather not people be like, oh, let's. Sub to Kevin. I was like, I, I have a job. Twitch is not. Mm-hmm. Twitch is not a job, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like that's it's, it's not a job. Even for people that is a job, it's not a job. And <laughs> yeah, we saw the leaked list of streamers and what they make. Yeah. We saw it. Yeah, we know who you are. <laughs> we know who can afford a golden Pokemon card around their neck versus who can't. Or that twelve thousand dollar Final Fantasy VI statue that that Square Enix had released. What? Yeah, they're doing a, a like one six statue of Terra from Final Fantasy uh, six, okay. and everybody's really mad that it's like grossly overpriced. What? It's twelve thousand dollars. Twelve thousand dollars. Why? What's it made of? I have no idea. There's just, it, there's a lot of immaculate detailing on like her character and then the Magitek armor that she rides on, and has swappable <laughs> parts. But oh, it's just okay. like. That is, like, the price of a car. <laughs> like, I do not understand yes. why they think that is, like, a cool amount to charge somebody. Right. But anyway. I can, I can put down, like, like, that's, like, six down payments on. Yeah. on so, like, that's, a like, a down of, payment on a house. Like, a fleet of Honda Fits. Yeah. Would be my dream, anyway. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, raise some money. I, we set a goal for 400 bucks, and we hit that goal over $1 mm-hmm. above that goal. Nice. 400. So I appreciate everyone that came out. To the streams, uh, Daniel's there. We were playing some video games. I made <laughs> we him play. Sure were. I made him play uh, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom Three. We fucking played Overcooked, Overcooked. yeah, All You Can Eat uh, Edition. Which you know, so my my thing with that game is like, I I think that's a great fun game. But my tagline is, I don't always want to play it. It's the thing. Like, I appreciate it. Um, But I sat down and played it, and it might have been the the Edibale we had, and maybe just the good vibes, but I was enjoying the shit out of it. So much so that I downloaded it. It's a Uh, fucking, oh, 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 look out. Oh, oh, downloaded it, huh? Yeah, well, it's got a platinum, so. Oh, you're trying to get a platinum overcooked, huh? Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, yeah, we played the PS5 edition that has uh, All You Can Eat is Part 1 and Part 2 together, Mm -hmm. which is very nice. Uh, I definitely... 
I actually my my brain's going left right now, and okay. I pointed right. Um, <laughs> I mean, it's my left. There, there's this game. I think it's called like Killer Burger or something like that, where it's basically overcooked with a story. Okay, but you're like, but there uh, is a story. In you're feeding. Stop. You're feeding. <laughs> you're feeding aliens or something. I forget the name. Of it. I think it's Burger Time or Killer Burger. I okay. wanted to check it out. They just released that one. All right. Uh, I saw Skill Up talking about it, and that's why. Oh shit. Hmm. We need more. We need more food video games right I, I would be curious to see what ghost town games does next do they do another overcooked do they do something completely different yeah I don't know. probably do a fucking metroidvania this is what all these goddamn yeah. devs do after a while <laughs> they they set themselves up they make something marketable and say all right now we're gonna make a metroidvania mm-hmm. but this one's different this one's featuring a fox. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yeah, but that that was a, a killer stream effort. A lot of good streams there. You played so many fucking different games. I, I think you got the Horizon Platinum on one of those streams. On one of those streams, I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I played more Elden Ring, and I need to play more Elden Ring very soon because I'm fucking itching. For I'm it. also itching for it. Itching. I, I mean, I rolled a new character. Like, yeah. So I'm doing a magic build. Right I got I got to roll a new yeah. character as well. Although I continually say that. Uh, Code of Veronica, my mm-hmm. character that got me through the bulk of the 200 hours that I've played. Uh, I want like a figurine of Code of Veronica. Okay. Like, I want like a statue. I would pay. I would pay an exorbitant fee. Would you pay $12,000? No, I wouldn't. <laughs> okay. I would I would just get a new Honda. <laughs> if I had $12,000, i am going to throw into the into the gutter. <laughs> I wouldn't throw it at Code of Veronica. Sorry, Coda. <laughs> She's pretty cool. She helped me She's with my platinum. So really cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, actually, so you want to get into some shit now, dude? You want to get into the, into the meat of it? Trying to think if there's anything else worth talking about. No, never. No, No, never. never. No. No, let's do it. Who cares? Let's do it. So there's so much fucking news that we missed over the last whatever weeks. Three weeks, probably. Um, who cares? Yeah. (laughs) But there was things I couldn't even fit into the doc I want to talk about very briefly. Mm -hmm. Streets of Rage, the movie. Okay. Happening. Period. That's it. I don't know much more about it. No one does. But it's so, happening. So there, is there an announced like director or writer for it? Probably. Hmm. Probably. Did you you want me to click on the link? Oh. Check out the link. I didn't put a link on here for that one. <laughs> oh fuck. No, I gotta, Make up a link. I gotta Google. Fucking hell. Yeah, this is a weird one because like so Streets of Rage does have a story about cops fighting like this corrupt syndicate, uh, led right. by this man named Mr. X. And you're fighting your way, like, through the streets of rage to make your way to, like, their crime center and, you know, just kind of dismantle the organization. I don't know that people want to see a show about fighting cops because there's a lot of weird cop sentiment these days. But, I mean, I would watch a cool story about, you know, Axel Blaze and the Mm. other guy. Uh, ACAB. Now, (laughs) it is uh, the the creator of John Wick. Mm. Derek Kolstad is doing this once. Uh, There's no other details. So that's kind of cool and like what i can imagine i think i told you this when we were kind of talking about whether or not this should even be in the episode here it is anyway um put it in was i could imagine some cool like hallway segments kind of like maybe the raid like a or, hallway fight yeah kind of situation daredevil like maybe like old boy where you're just doing like close-up like fight scenes you know what the really interesting thing about a street is hmm. not a hallway <laughs> well the thing is about the games you have these level progressions where you start in the streets <laughs> pretty you wide. go to like a fucking you go to a baseball park and then you make your way to a tower so like the the third act right. could be fighting your there's way up just, this tower yeah hey I, i'm not Listen. against there being protected 
potentially a hallway, but if I if you hand me a script that said Streets of Rage and it's Hallways of Rage, <laughs> I'm gonna be very upset. I mean, there's plenty of corridors in small areas. Yeah, you know what this guy also wrote? He wrote Nobody. We were a big fan of that. That's Bob, a great movie. Bob Odenkirk was the uh, star of that one was right the there. He was the nobody. He's also the Saul you better call. Listen, yeah. I'm watching a lot of Better Call Saul these days because season like six it. is now premiering. It's so good. You guys got to watch I it. I need to get it. I'm I'm, I'm behind so a lot of TV, man. Fucking second season of Russian Doll. I still haven't mm. seen it. There's that other show that I need to see, apparently. Severance? Severance. You need to watch Severance. Yeah, I need to watch Severance. I, I downloaded Apple TV just to watch it. It's... I haven't seen TV like this in a very long time. Really? It's very addictingly good. Like, genuinely must-see TV? I would say so, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's got a pretty cool cast. Fucking John Turturro's in it. Adam Scott. Uh, what the fuck is her name? Uh, oh, my God. Patricia Arquette. Oh. Yeah. And then it's, like, some episodes are written and directed by Ben Stiller, too, which is really crazy. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, he's written and directed yeah. stuff in the past. Yeah, okay. But I won't talk about the concept. Look it up. It is, very plainly, it is the idea about separating your work and your work slash home life balance. Yeah. That's all yeah. I'm going to say. But but not like in a, in like a drama cute way. It's like a sci-fi way. It's like in a Black Mirror kind yeah, of way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, okay, cool. Uh, the, the second thing I want to briefly mention is apparently Ubisoft might get bought out by whichever money shark is out there hmm. uh ubisoft stocks in 2018 were what above 100 dollars, 160 something like that maybe they are exactly at 41 dollars right now oh, so wow. their share or their shares have gone down significantly back in the day famously gail's gone mal eve's gail mal sorry eve's gail mal <laughs> try um, it a fourth time eve's gail mal okay uh, <laughs> i gotta say it like i'm from the south yeah eve's gail mal You've been watching too much Righteous Gemstones. <laughs> I've been watching a lot of it. Great series. Yeah. Um, he fought off a hostile takeover from Vivendi Universal mm. because apparently they're like a power broker okay. or some shit like that with a stupid fucking name like Vivendi. Anyway, it probably means life. <laughs> but... Yeah, it's probably like Italian for life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Stupid fucking name. Eve's Gelman over here won't let that happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so there's... Uh, trials and tribulations going on. We obviously know there's issues at Ubisoft when it comes to harassment and, uh, better yet, protecting harassers because apparently the Gamal family think that's really funny to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so their days, uh, well, the word is Eves is looking for an out. Okay. Okay, looking for an exit strategy. And it sounds like their uh, big old AAA games are getting delayed left and right. In mm-hmm. fact, what was intended to be DLC for Assassin's Creed Valhalla was... Uh, pushed a little bit and converted into a singular game is the rumor hmm. like a standalone game in order to fill or bridge the gap between well they're gonna have a gulf of releases apparently which is weird because we're used to ubisoft fucking uh filling up the calendar year mm-hmm. yeah we're used to like annual assassin's creed we're used to annual assassin's creeds and then like kind of biannual far cries yeah and like it what the last game we got was far cry 6 and then yes. Assassin's Creed Valhalla before that. But yeah, it, it, there has been kind of a gap. But I guess they've been... In that Rainbow Six game that nobody cared about. Oh, Extraction? Yeah. There Jeez. you go. But they've been doing the thing where they've been supporting, I guess, more long-tail efforts with their games. And just kind of doing like games of service, like extra content models for stuff. Um, I don't know when they were planning to do their big games of service thing. The, what, the Assassin's Creed, Creed uh, Infinity, I think, yeah. is what it's called. I'm not sure. They've mentioned it exists, and I think a lot of that is because it got leaked first, because mm. every Ubisoft game gets leaked. Yeah. They're used to it. 
Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think maybe that was supposed to be revealed this year, but it sounds like it's not coming out this year. Mm-hmm. And so you got uh, turmoil in production. Yeah. You have the stock prices dropping. And uh, yeah, it sounds like they might be up for, for a buyout. And this is <laughs> this is the land of acquisitions now. All right. Okay, you're already imagining which of the big boys can eat up uh, Ubisoft. I mean, he's got this face on his face. You, it could be one of the big two, but it would be so crazy if like Tencent came in. Oh shit! <laughs> Just bought him. Just swooped in like that. Yeah. I can see them doing a, a Condor strike like that yeah. for sure. For sure. Um, I don't know that like Microsoft or Sony would be uh, keen on on purchasing, but who knows? I mean, there's some big properties there. Imagine saying that you own Assassin's Creed and Far Cry. Mm-hmm. Even if people are fucking tired about it, there's money to be had there. Especially if you, you know, say, hey, let's go a different direction or whatever mm-hmm. with it. But we'll yeah. see. No, I, nothing's off the table these days. Nothing is off the table. I mean, there there were a lot of projects kind of like in development. I think what is it? Massive that was doing the Star Wars game. Yes, that yes. open world Star Wars or proposed open world Star Wars game. That's right. Um, shit. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I mean, if if they can, like, I don't know, reallocate or find some way to, like, you know, continue to be their own self-sustaining entity, right? Cool. But if Microsoft or Sony comes in and, you know, buys them out, it wouldn't be completely unexpected. Yeah. Yeah. I'd say so. Mm-hmm. So we gotta stay tuned for that one, all mm-hmm. right? But let's get into the bulk of the news. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, bum, bum. Number one on here is an awful one. <laughs> Sorry, that's a, that's how we truck in video games, baby. It's just bad news. I was like, I wonder what he's going to lead with on this episode. Yeah. Maybe something really cool. Maybe we'll talk about the Sonic movie. No. How about this? Number one, Nintendo of America treats its contractors like shit. <laughs> that's the headline right there. I'm not surprised. Yeah. Are you no. surprised? I'm not surprised, but I do think that there's this kind of maybe misconception amongst thy gamers. Uh, just because you don't hear about abuse or allegations or worker mistreatment doesn't mean it doesn't happen. And I think especially with Japanese companies that are very secretive about their operations, Mm -hmm. the assumption is that, oh, then they're fine. There's no problems. And that's not fucking true. That's not fucking true. I think people, too, might even be very willing to turn a blind eye to a company like Nintendo because they put out so many family-friendly games and so many titles and characters that we love. And it's just like, well, no, like you said, they're very cloistered culture and company and that stuff can maybe even run more rampant there because of that. So Exactly. So, let's get into it. Last week, an anonymous employee filed a formal complaint against Nintendo of America and the contract agency Aston Carter with the National Labor Relations Board, the NLRB. The public-facing details of the complaint accuse both companies of unfair practices, but it's kind of vague, right? But Axios reports that the employee filed the complaint after being fired mid-contract for discussing unions during a business meeting. Keep in mind, the right to organize is a legally protected right, making these companies legally wrong. (laughs) Of course, Nintendo disputes this version of events, publicly stating, quote, We are aware of the claim, which was filed with the National Labor Relations Board by a contractor who was previously terminated for the disclosure of confidential information and for no other reason. Mm. All right. Nintendo is not aware of any attempts to unionize or related activity and intends to cooperate with the investigation conducted by the NLRB, end quote. Well, end of fucking story. We're done, right? Must be a fluke. Except, Daniel, we recommend reading Ethan Gatch and Sissy Jiang's report for Kotaku titled The Nintendo of America Contractors Who Feel Like Second Class Workers. In the report, 10 current and former employees say the issues don't stop with one firing. 
Workers are shuffled through the company on 11-month contracts and are expected to break for two months at the end of their contract where they're cut off from health benefits, but are welcome to file for unemployment. When workers are on cycle, they make as little as $16 an hour, with only a handful of employees making $20 an hour. Now, one thing about the this, uh, so the 11-month cycle thing, it was actually in response to what Microsoft used to do back in the day, which is have perma-temps, mm-hmm. which is you're a contractor forever, and they're just going to leave you as a contractor with no promise of full-time employment. They got into a big lawsuit over that, and so now they, uh, in order to finagle that, they say, you got to take a break. you got to you got to end your contract and restart your contract. It is uh, a tech company uh, scam. <laughs> it's actually part of the reason why I've never been too enticed to impl- apply for any, like, Nintendo of America jobs out in Redmond, because it's just, like, I don't want to work for, like, a six- to eight-month contract, get laid off, and then have to, like, reapply for my job and start at the, like, previous level yeah like it's it's literally just to kind of sever you from getting any raises or like mm-hmm. benefits that your full-time employees would get and it, it happens in a lot of contract spheres um but there are a lot of contract companies that these employees are kind of employed through that should protect them a bit more mm-hmm. absolutely yeah. now there's also d- a deep divide between contractors and full-time employees the latter of which are commonly referred to as red badges because corporations love modeling themselves after a brave new world for some reason now, Yelena uh, Zamonja, a mm. contractor that has been through the cycle for five years, Jesus. by the way, got a taste of that divide when she suffered a head injury while walking to the office in 2020. Fearing a concussion, she went to the company's on-site clinic but was turned away because she wasn't full-time and therefore ineligible for Nintendo's health care plan. She tried to get a coworker to drive her to an emergency care clinic. However, because Yelena was hired by Parker Staffing as a contractor and her coworker was a full-timer with Nintendo, she was told it was against company policy to have her friend drive her. She eventually had to take an Uber while concussed. Her quote is, They want to control you like you're full-time, but not treat you like you're a full-time worker, she told us to Kotaku. Now, while contractors are expected to perform as hard as their full-time peers, that's including uh, taking on overtime almost at the same rate as Mm -hmm. full-timers, they aren't allowed to roam Nintendo facilities without a red badge present. And seldom do contractors make the jump to full-time. When they do, the pay isn't competitive with local neighbors like Microsoft and Amazon. One full-timer said, quote, Full-time pay is, of course, better, but still not great by industry standards. It's almost as though they want to compensate us with the privilege for working for Nintendo. Mm -hmm. End quote. However, employees are afraid to speak up because dissent leads to repercussions. The general feeling is that NOA can churn through troublemakers because there will always be someone itching to replace them. Now, that is just a uh, high-level kind of uh, retelling of what that article contains. We do recommend that you go over to Kotaku and read the full article. Mm -hmm. It is a mile of mistreatment, and not the kind of mistreatment that I think people uh, expect from video game companies, which is like sexual harassment Mm -hmm. and, uh, you know, off-the-cuff racism and such. Those are the headline grabbers, but... I still think you should take it as seriously that people are being mistreated in that they're expending their lives at this company and not being afforded this like opportunities to go full time mm-hmm. uh, or even allowed into certain facilities. Apparently they can, the contractors are allowed to eat at the Mario cafe that's on site, but they're expected to clear the fuck out the moment that your plate's done, like out, like get out of here. Right. Wow. You're, you're not really a Nintendo worker <laughs> is how they're treated. Right. And like you said, this is not uncommon in the contractor sphere. There's always been this divide. The unfortunate part is, what is the one important 
job role that seems to always be a contractual basis, and that is QA testing. Mm-hmm. And so Yelena herself has interesting stories about how she's working side by side with red badges at this company. Mm-hmm. She's been doing it for years. She's taking on management uh, responsibilities, and yet she is a contractor still. That shouldn't ever happen, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? You, the idea is that if you perform well, you have the opportunity for a full-time uh, position. But mm-hmm. that, at video game companies in particular, and other companies, of course, is a carrot on a stick. Mm-hmm. It's, it, it's, it's this false promise that there's no actual enforced um, uh, fulfillment on that. Right, mm-hmm. it's like no, no, no. Come back, come back as a contract. Oh, sorry about that. Oh, and some of these breaks they're taking are longer than two months. By the way, this mandated break they can be months without a job because well, Nintendo just doesn't want to renew your contract or give you a new one. Mm-hmm. Sounds like shit. It sounds like a thing that I don't know. Some sort of like I don't know, collective bargaining could help fix. Mm. <laughs> right, and yet in video games in our nation, this lovely land of freedom. There is only two recognized video game unions, one of which was recently set up by the Raven Software uh, QA testers, and the other belonging to a company I've never heard of called Vaudio Games. Mm. The only two recognized in this whole fucking country. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Video games aren't young no. anymore. No. <laughs> you know? It's like a 50-year-old industry at this point right? <laughs> in some ways. So what 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 is your take on this? Because I think there's a lot of... This article goes into uh, Nintendo Japan versus Nintendo of America. Who's making the actual decisions? And I know that there's a lot of tension between arrangements like that. Like, mm-hmm. a lot of Eastern companies, especially in video games, do have Western footprints, yeah. but they never seem to be the decision makers. Mm-hmm. They uh, This article even says, like, if somebody wanted to change the the color of paint on a wall, they'd have to run it by Nintendo Japan. That's how, mm-hmm. like, it operates, basically. So... Do you think it's a situation where they're just so far removed from what's going on with these contractors that they're using, Parker and Aston, or do they know they're banking off of this, you know? I always assume somebody knows, yes. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's a little bit of column A and column B. I'm, I'm sure the, the East is aware of what they're doing and, mm. you know, how it's coming down on these people, uh, but it might just be their culture of work practice and how they just operate and have operated and maybe that's just how it's trickling back out west to you know nintendo of america um i think it is one of those things where i am going to wait and see what else comes out because like you know to have a, a formal labor complaint filed and to have like accounts start coming out there's probably going to be even more is the thing and i don't know that like well, I can't say, right? Like, Nintendo may have some, like, heinous stories that, like, we don't know about yet just because, like, you know, people are now speaking out about it. But I think it is one of those things where, and I've seen this in my work sphere and a few other ones, especially around tech, where, like, contract workers are treated less than. And it's like, well, they do the same amount of things that your mm-hmm. full-time employees do. Um, and to, you know what Yelena's point of being like a five-year contract worker, but being in a management role, Mm -hmm. like at that point you should be full time Yeah, is the thing. So how could you want to lose that expertise? Yeah. You know, like how, like I, I would be nervous as, as a company to say, Oh, this person's contract. No, no, no. Hire them. Yeah. It comes down to just not valuing like the, the workforce that you have. And I I get it. There's like a very (laughs) tenuous, like relationship between contract companies and the formal company itself. 
Um, and that's just the arrangement of it. We see outsourcing of jobs all the time just for cost and, and cheapness and whatnot, right? Um, but it's Nintendo. <laughs> like, it's not like they couldn't shell out some money to, like, bring on some people full-time, right? Mm-hmm. But, I know, and it, it, it definitely. I think um, the realm of, of quality assurance is is one of the the legs of game development that is so underappreciated and underrecognized to the point where some people don't even consider that like game development, right? And it's like that's a critical point of like how your game ships sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you're making these people work long hours, crunching to just make sure, like you know, there's no collision or massive bugs when a game launches right um, so you can put that pretty little seal on the box nintendo yeah, the, the yeah what what is the nintendo quality of seal really matter by the way it doesn't point? say quality anymore they oh, took that off years ago oh. it's all stuck in our brain isn't it mm. but it's not true because they knew you can't fucking you can't put that on there yeah that, the, that's not a measurement of quality mm-hmm. there's no quality what, that was measured here when did that stop being a thing like in the snes days uh i'm not sure yeah. years and years back but you check it out it just says nintendo seal okay <laughs> Yeah, let me grab a box. Let's, let's get let's get ourselves the first party game over here. Oh goddamn! Well, Luigi's Mansion Three. Why not? Oh, oh, wait, there we go. The official Nintendo seal doesn't say quality anymore. Uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Isn't that the thing that's like it's stuck in our brains? Nintendo benefits from all of this. This this their reputation, their mm-hmm. the optics on them. And part of what this article is going into is that the people that are actually making that happen, these QA testers, people like Yelena, mm-hmm. they're not even getting uh, accredited sometimes because mm-hmm. of how, like, oh, how accreditation works with contractors and this and that. Mm-hmm. And it's bullshit. It's all bullshit. <laughs> it sucks. I mean, it's one of the many things that fucking sucks about game dev as is, right? Like, we talk about sometimes where, like, if somebody doesn't stay on a project from start to finish, doesn't cross the finish line of what yep. game ships... Sometimes their name doesn't even make it in the credits, even if they were there for 95% of the time. Yeah, which is fucked up. And it's just like, why are we so cutthroat about giving people credit? (laughs) Yeah, and and not to mention the the weirdness of having um, management for, like, let's say, Parker or Aston Carter be, like, a middleman for Nintendo. Apparently, Mm -hmm. in one of these meetings, they're talking about... Uh, a Nintendo manager didn't like what a contractor said, so they went to, like, the contract company's, like, management and then, like, played a game of telephone to just, like, uh, penalize the worker through the contract agency. And it was just like, why can't you just tell me what the problem yeah. was, like, immediately? So there's no direct accountability. <laughs> Such What a weird, like, atmosphere. Very tense, right? My question for you is... Yeah. Being the sort of company that Nintendo is, like a hundred year old company plus at this rate, right? Because they've been around since like, plus, yeah. like the early 1900s as like a trading card company. Mm-hmm. They're... Don't forget the love hotels. Oh, well, I've forgotten about the love Don't hotels. Don't forget the love I'm hotels. Sorry. I'm sorry. Absolutely not. Uh, those probably have a different seal of approval on them. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Do you think they are going to be quick to change in the way that other studios in similar lights and heat? have been recently like our activision blizzards or ubisoft's or our riot games um i mean i i almost feel like i can easily reject the premise that any of these companies have changed in any positive way just Mm -hmm. because they've had their laundry uh aired out to the public Mm -hmm. ubisoft is still being ubisoft yeah they're just quieter (laughs) you know like i feel that and then activision still has problems left and fucking right we hear about it almost every other day god the story about like Bobby Kotek's girlfriend that came out recently? Yeah, what the <laughs> hell? I don't know. Bobby Kotek needs to just fucking 
disappear, man. Yeah, like, I I think like, it's gonna be one get of those out of the PR, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, I mean, I I would love to think that there's gonna be some change long term. It's definitely not gonna be overnight, but at this end of the day your contract workers are still going to be treated like bottom of the barrel contract workers and that sucks yeah (laughs) i i don't see that changing soon without some sort of force function like especially i mean talk of union Mm -hmm. man fired this person for talking about a union that's not that's not a problem Mm -hmm. but it makes these companies very very uncomfortable i mean we're seeing a lot of unionizations Uh in a different all different spheres going on right now so i think it makes a lot of companies clench but tech particularly hates it because i think it's understood that tech companies and tech corporations have been undervaluing the work of of contractors and people doing things like quality assurance Mm -hmm. completely throughout time in fact they have they have planned their business around this devaluation mm-hmm. of making sure that they don't pay <laughs> these people what they deserve, mm-hmm. right? And that's going to change. That's going to that's going to change big time. And then I think we're going to see a the problem that we're going to see is that these companies are going to slap customers with the fees. You know, they're going to be like, "Oh, you want you want a better quality of life? Okay, well, looks like our products have to cost more." Yeah, yeah. I could see Nintendo <laughs> pulling that shit. They don't fucking lower the price in their games. Mm-hmm. God forbid. They're going to be like, "Sorry, we got to treat people like humans. Our games are seventy dollars now." <laughs> they do so much marking up of things anyway that it's like I don't think they're yeah. losing costs. Yeah, 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 like they're at probably one of their most successful kind of rises as a company with the Switch and some of the software sales they've had lately. So. Don't take your back on the consumers. Eat that cost. I, treat, I, your, treat your employees better. Nintendo is historically been an, an incredibly shrewd company. Yeah. Incredibly competitive where you wouldn't think they would be in certain ways and a bit cutthroat. Yeah, well, so, you read Console Wars. Yeah, Console Wars is such a great book to read uh, about Nintendo's early days and how the fuck they basically tried to create a monopoly in the video game yeah. industry. And we let them do it because we love Mario. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? We got to be careful about that kind of thing, right? I'm not saying don't love Nintendo products. Like, we all grew up with it. But also, don't act like their shit don't stink. Their Mm -hmm. shit stinks to high heaven, right? Like any video game corporation. Mm -hmm. I would love to see them, like, look at these stories and say, like, oh, there needs to be a change. I'm just more afraid that there's so many in the chain of command or so many, like, blockers in the chain of command because we're not talking about a USA-only company. Yeah. That change is going to be very slow. An organism that big takes forever to turn around. I would like to think that if they were primarily a Western-based company, that they mm-hmm. could kind of make that change happen sooner. Even with somebody like, you know, Reggie fils in the past and Doug Bowser now, right? Like, I feel like they're sometimes more of the face person mm-hmm. to take the brunt of things than they are, like, even an agent of change. Right. Uh, in terms of, like, the chain of command, which sucks. Like, I, I would like to think that Doug Bowser could maybe look at these stories and instances and and take it back to japan and be like hey this is what's going on maybe we could change the way we're operating yeah we got to clean this up i don't (laughs) i don't see it happening the cynic in me says that no because like it's not like doug didn't know about this Mm -hmm. right it's not like he did oh i'm I'm blindsided by the fact that we we prey on contractors no you knew you knew that yeah yeah that's kind of the thing it's just that the the problem when you're in a position of, of that kind of power and used to that maybe that level of power and I'm not saying like oh he's corrupted with the fact that he's Nintendo VP for NOA whatever right mm-hmm. no I'm saying that you look at um, things that have been a problem for so long you don't see it as a problem it's mm-hmm. not a problem you look at them and be like yeah that's how contracting works fucking suck it up in fact that's been the responses to the story Daniel mm-hmm. which is 
okay, yeah, contracting sucks everywhere. Why is this, like, news? And I'm mm-hmm. like, yeah, I don't know that pointing out that it's bad everywhere makes anything better. Mm-hmm. Like, you're, you're also feeding into the idea of, like, oh, we should look the other way. That's always going to suck. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> um, how about we fight to make things better? Yeah. Imagine that! <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Why? So I like stories like this. I like, I like hearing from the people that are on the ground floor that can see and have those opinions, right? Because we would never have an opinion on this. Mm-hmm. We wouldn't know. And if Nintendo had their way, they would make sure that none of us ever heard this. Yeah. Right? Because it does make them look bad. They're paying attention, but I don't know what they're going to do. They're going to remain pretty fucking quiet. That was a pretty glib response, mm-hmm. right? And in fact, in that very same story when they said, oh, we fired the guy for a breaking NDA, um, people looked, or actual employees uh, alongside him looked at the post, and he was just being kind of vague about something that mm-hmm. he was like hyping up. There wasn't anything really to like parse out there. Mm-hmm. That's not the reason. They yeah. said that's not the reason. Yeah, why they were fired. looking for like an easy out. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. So we'll see how this evolves. I'm interested because mm-hmm. this is the first time I think we've, maybe not the first time, but at least publicly, one of the first times that Nintendo has been under the crosshairs for worker mistreatment or anything mm-hmm. like that. Um, and I'm curious to see how they this plays out. Are they just going to let this go away or uh, are they going to do something? Yeah. I, I'm also kind of like very attentively watching this to see how it kind of unfolds because we don't hear much about them in terms of their inner workings, nope. their practices, you know, how much crunch it took to get Mario Odyssey out. Like, we we haven't heard these stories, no idea. you know. Or how they even view crunch, mm-hmm. right? This article also mentions how <laughs> Miyamoto would walk into the office and say, it's Mario time, which is his way of saying, we're going to stay here all fucking night. Yeah. That's a scare. I would not have. <laughs> I would want to die if I had a manager that came and said, it's Mario time. <laughs> that means I'm here till 2 a.m. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Time to fucking bust some goobas and get to work. Right. Like, Jesus. oh my God. <laughs> I mean, it's it's got to be tough at a company like that, as is, right? Where publicly they're known for their quality of work and the products they put out. And there's got to be so much pressure, as is, to like... Remember, they took quality off the box. I'm just saying. You know, <laughs> just saying. You know, just the, the sort of hardware and software they put out into the world. Um, that the people that work there would probably want to pressure themselves to stay those late hours and put the work in because they don't want fucking Miyamoto Mm -hmm. or Doug Bowser to come crashing in and say, no, fucking, this is bad. Because, like, (laughs) I remember stories back in the day, like, the N64 era of, like, Miyamoto not liking shit and how that Mm -hmm. caused entire development cycles to fucking collapse (laughs) and have to be reconfigured. You best pray for Mario time. You do not want to see Wario time. Mm. You don't want to see it. (laughs) But yeah, we'll we'll see how this shakes out, yeah. man. I, I'm 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 interested uh, where this goes. I'm I'm hoping against hopes that it doesn't turn into like, all right, that's the only thing. That's the last time you're gonna hear it's, about something like this. It's a tough thing too because like it is hard enough for like actual employees to get recognized in a union sense to have a contract worker and a contract force get recognized as a union. That, and they're not even employees. Like, mm-hmm. that's got to be a harder thing. But I, there's a lot of negotiations that, like, the union company does to, like, get those um, in, contract workers, like, equitable rights and, and be on the same level of employees. Mm-hmm. So, I got to unsubscribe to those Parker staffing emails. I get them, like, every day. I get a shit ton of them. I get a shit ton of them. I don't want to fucking work for you, Parker. There was a point where I was like, oh, maybe I could drive to Redmond and, like, do QA. Redmond. That's yeah. a barge, man. That's And that's when we were living, like, even 
more south from yeah here yeah too. Ain't worth it. um it sucks too because like you, you were saying like they make between like 16 and 20 dollars an hour uh very rarely do they make 20 dollars an hour most yeah. of them make 16 yeah and like the the minimum wage in seattle is like i think it's like under 18 dollars an hour yeah like it's... so i have to do the commute and everything else and live in that area like it's not cheap to live out here no it's not cheap to live in redmond either no redmond's fucking expensive yeah. a lot of residential Right. No, no. I imagine what people are doing is like they're living in lesser areas, uh, like Auburn or maybe like Kent, and then making the drive all the way. Auburn is a lesser area. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't even front. Auburn is a lesser area. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Fuck, dude. Uh, I got a number two on here. Sure. We can move on from is it this. Better? It's um good news. Okay. Ish. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Number two on here is Amy Hennick's studio is making a Star War. Yay! As Yoda would say, goes around, comes around. What? <laughs> When's the last time you saw Star War with Yoda in it? Oh, man. Didn't he burn down a tree in the last one that he was in? <laughs> I think I saw that one. <laughs> <laughs> Amy Hennig's newish studio, Skydance Media, is partnering with Lucasfilm to create an all-new Star Wars video game. The untitled title will be a narrative-driven adventure game featuring an original story. So says StarWars.com. I bet they're glad they got that domain, huh? Mm-hmm. You don't want to say StarWarsFan.com. <laughs> Fuck off. I wonder how long they've had that domain. Oh, man. They probably killed somebody for it. Amy Hennig should be a familiar name to gamers that like knowing how the digital sausage is made. She's a game director best known for her work with Naughty Dog on Jack and Daxter and the Uncharted Trilogy. Caveat, she also worked on 4, but they scrapped most of her work for Part 4. Before even that, however, she developed the Legacy of Kane franchise, including Soul Reaver, which is near and dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. Please remake or reboot Soul Reaver, the world. News of Hennig working on Star Wars would have made headlines either way, but it's especially vindicating for the director, as this isn't her first brush with the franchise. I should have said a joke like midichlorians or something, but I was tired. Mm. Now, in enters Project Ragtag. Project Ragtag was a third-person action game set in the Star Wars universe that Visceral Games was developing with Hennig as director. EA commissioned the game in 2013 and subsequently canned it in 2017. The very same year, EA shuttered Visceral, fuckers. Ragtag, which began life as a pirate-themed game called Jamaica, I'm not kidding, and they decided to go a different direction when Black Flag came out. By the way, they were like, fuck, mm. somebody already did what we were doing. Yeah. And so they, they went in a different direction. It was reimagined as a Star Wars game featuring space scoundrels in an open world. So they didn't have to change too much of what they were doing. <laughs> Hennig's influence turned it into a high story before it was eventually shelved. Mm. It'd be interesting to see if any of Ragtag's concepts make it the Skydance's new project. It's also... The second Disney-adjacent product the studio is taking on, having already announced an untitled Marvel game last year in 2021. Hmm. So, lots to take in here. What are your thoughts, bro? <laughs> it's a tough one for me because the name Amy Hennig over time has kind of had like diminishing returns. Um, I think the, the last game that I played of hers was Uncharted 3. Yep. I don't think she's released a game since then. Maybe I, Hardline. Maybe Battlefield Hardline came out after. That was 2015, that. right? May, I think so. But I, I didn't know. play that. Um, did she even work on Hardline? I don't think she worked on Hardline. No, she, she did she narrative did. work for that. Yeah, yeah. 
That's the battlefield about cops. Yuck! (laughs) (laughs) So, like, I know her pedigree of work. Uh, I mean, I've obviously played through the Uncharted games, um, which... I I mean, I don't necessarily love 1, 2, and 3 for, like, their narrative and writing. I think 4 and the work that, like, Neil Druckmann and and Bruce Straley put in that one. I I like the narrative design and and writing of that a lot more. You're playing through that game right now. I am. And the writing is so much stronger in that game. Um, But I think it's just because, like, maybe Amy comes from a different era of of writing. Like, she kind of writes these stories that are more, like, highbrow uh, fantasy or adventure. Kind of, like, akin to, like... um, like Indiana Jones and, sh- and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, she, she's very much a, a student of the Spielbergian yeah. kind of like 80s blockbuster mm-hmm. uh, style of like pulpy, you know, mainstream sort of like action yeah. adventure stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that shows a lot in her <laughs> earlier work. And I mean, her, her name means something, but I feel like in the last like 10, 11 years where we haven't really seen anything huge, it's just like, all right, I, I'm of the wait and see approach. Like, I'm excited maybe for a new Star Wars game. I have Star Wars fatigue as is, um, but I need to see something. I need to know, you know, what the idea of the story is going to be. Um, and I will reserve my judgment until it is in my hands and I'm playing it. Because mm-hmm. I, you know, we all got our hopes up for Visceral and Ragtag and we saw where that went. Um, how do you feel about it? I, th- I think, um, well, at a macro level. Yeah. I'm excited that there are studios outside of EA's wheelhouse that are making Star Wars projects. Yeah, yeah. Uh, except for the Heavy Rain studio. But, um... <laughs> well, that game's not coming out until 2027. That but, game's not coming out. But, yeah, I think that was something we had talked about, too, where, like, this new era of, like, EA no longer having the chokehold on Star Wars and, mm-hmm. and to be given to so many other spaces and, and studios now, it... Kind of brings new life to, to Star Wars in the in the game space. It do, and so I'm excited for that. And I again, like I you know wrote here, I'm I'm curious to see how much of Ragtag is going to live on in her vision for it. Are we going to go back to a high story? And mm-hmm. then also like the narrative driven kind of aspect of what they're talking about is her studio doing stuff that's more akin to what we would think of like Telltale or what mm-hmm. Supermassive does with games, rather than it be like oh it's going to be this gigantic experience you know or, or something like that. So it, mm. and that would be a cool place for a Star Wars game because we already got a pretty cool action game with Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, we've already have the shooter shooters that we've done. We have some fucking open world jobby from massive happening Mm -hmm. uh, unless ubisoft crashes into the sea like a black flagship uh yeah (laughs) and so it'd be interesting to see like hey but what if this is just like a very story focused kind of situation and we're getting a fucking remake of uh bioware's rpg yeah kotar (laughs) like yeah so we got a lot of different bench depth happening here in star wars i i mean i'm excited for the idea of a very strong focused maybe 10 to 20 hour narrative experience okay yeah I, th- I think that could be very cool. I, I think, um, oh, Star Wars story and lore is just all over the place, and, and so much of it is focused in the wrong places and <laughs> some of the extended media. Um, but I would like to see, yeah, a fresh new, really strong narrative take uh, in that universe. And, I mean, she obviously really cares about the IP to want to give it a second shot after everything that happened with EA. Yeah, she, <laughs> she's an industry veteran. We have benefited from her work in some ways here and there. I mean, keep in mind, she's also, like, directed. It wasn't just, like, the story parts mm-hmm. of Uncharted. She directed the fucking game. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, there's there's something there. She she knows what she's doing. Uncharted became a franchise way before Neil Druckmann and yes. Australia got their hands yeah. on it. So that's something to keep in mind, too. Like, mm-hmm. she helped form these franchises yeah. right so i'd be interested to see what she does with star wars now that she's back in the in the fest but yeah right i'm right there with you there's nothing really to talk about mm-hmm. 
there's nothing to see. There's no trailer. There's no characters. There's no space scoundrels. There's mm-hmm. no Jamaica. There's nothing. We there's no nothing. Jamaica. We got nothing right now. We don't got fucking Babu Frick out we in Jamaica. We got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Babu Frick! Ah! Yeah. Holding a Jamaican beef patty. That should be the whole fucking game. Yeah. That Babu Frick the game. <laughs> or Babu Frick, a Star Wars story. <laughs> Fuck yes, dude. Fuck I'm yes. Um, <laughs> like in the trailer, you just you just see like a silhouette and then you're <laughs> It's like the silhouette of Darth Vader and then as it gets smaller, like you see the unshapely form of Babu Frick. <laughs> That'd be so good. Um, yeah no i (laughs) (laughs) i yeah i am listen i i maybe came off a little harsh at the at the start about it yeah you were like why are women in games i heard it say it like that i mean it was implied pretty deeply you're like well here here's the work of men Uh i like it more and here's the work of this woman and I like it less. Well, the thing for me was, like, I didn't love Uncharted 1 through 3 for, like, the story, necessarily. It's got an amazing story. They go to Shambhala, yeah. um, El Dorado in the yeah. first one. They were just, they were fun globe-trotting games. They went to a fucking desert in Part yeah. 3, and that's all that I can really remember. I think there was a broken ship in mm. one part of the game, but it was basically just an expansion of Part 2. Mm-hmm. We need to admit that. We need to admit that Part 3 is just an expansion of Part 2. There's only two games in that franchise, and it's Part 2 and Part 4. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna revise history that way and be like, no, 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 two games, one spinoff. There we go. Good night, everyone. <laughs> I got a number three on here. Another okay. thing that we have not much to talk about because there's nothing to see. <laughs> Love this. Love this. This is an episode of There's not much to see here. There's not 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 much to see here. Number three is Tales from the Borderlands is coming back this year. Like now, hmm. this year. In an unexpected announcement from Randy Hollywood Pitchford at PAX East wearing his banana slacks. By the way, if you saw any uh, footage from that. It did. <laughs> the adventure game spinoff to Borderlands is getting a sequel. Originally developed by Telltale Games. The one that closed overnight. Not the one that exists today because some fucking yokels bought the name and are trying to like mine their ip uh tales from the borderlands followed the choice driven narrative game framework the studio was known for due to high caliber writing a list voice acting and memorable characters tales from the borderlands quickly became a fan favorite characters from the spinoff even found their way into borderlands 3 and related dlc now randy says not only is this sequel being developed in-house with gearbox you'll see it this year they uh, didn't show it at PAX, though. They showed Randy. They didn't show the game. Now, the sequel thing will feature an all-new story with an all-new cast. That's sad. Probably to avoid another fan blow-up, like when they didn't get Troy Baker to reprise Reese for Borderlands 3. Like, mm. like I imagine that's a, like a big deal, like a part of it, right? Yeah. And that's all we know! Borderlands fans are likely still balls deep in Tiny Tina's Wonderlands. <laughs> you wrote that? Yeah, I did. Oh, wow. <laughs> Plus, we're get she's an adult now. Plus, we're getting that Eli Roth film this year, Meat Bicycle. <laughs> what a great time to be a Borderlands fan! This is Save Room Unbound. <laughs> <laughs> it's not even like two yet, and we're just going off the cuff. Wow, Man, Tales from the Borderlands. Um, I think that is like unrivaled the best Borderlands story. Yeah. Yes. Like, yes. without a doubt. <laughs> yes. Like, there's no nothing. There's nothing you got there. Not even two. It's 
fucking Tales from the Borderlands is the best writing in this mm-hmm. franchise. They are gonna fuck it up, Daniel. I'm a little worried They're because fuck like it up. I feel like that was such a like kind of combined elements of special sauce with the voice cast. Yeah. Uh, you had Nolan North, fucking Troy Baker, Ashley Johnson, Laura Bailey, all these like that one creep from the Nerdist. Chris Hardwick? Yeah, there yeah. you go. I think Phil Lamar was in it, too. <laughs> yeah, well, Phil like, Lamar's in everything, yeah. You have, like, like all these veterans now, like, from the voice acting sphere, and then just, like, that episodic format was so special for that game, and, it, it like, each episode felt like it had just such a good, like, pacing to it, and a rise and fall, and, like, the cliffhangers, and the music, and it was just... The music. Oh, my fucking God, man. Like, that game was something special. It was really special, and I'm almost afraid that it was just lightning in a bottle. Yeah. Um, Because that writing was so good, not even Borderlands could ruin it. (laughs) Like, that's the funniest part of it, right? There's a lot of, like, um, just shit that doesn't land well in Borderlands, and I feel like we are going down a path of that being, like, the norm. Mm -hmm. Obviously, a big instrumental part of Borderlands 2 was having Anthony Birch work on it. Mm -hmm. Um, I think he's a pretty slick writer yeah whether however you feel about the man mm-hmm. um borderlands 3 lacked writing that didn't make me want to stab my ears mm-hmm. a lot and repeatedly yeah and um, we're playing tiny tina's wonderlands right now i wish i could just mute every dialogue yeah in that game. i'm having like an adequate amount of fun with it i've only played it once and i think i'm probably mm-hmm. gonna enjoy it more with people than by myself uh, it, it's a very passable game yeah and that's about it. It feels like a much cheaper Borderlands, though. Like, in my hands, it feels cheaper as a product than mm-hmm. Borderlands 3 was. And obviously, it's, like, it's probably a budgeted thing. It's a spinoff. Of course, it's going to be these things. Mm-hmm. But it's just having having so like this oscillation of, like, high, high quality and then, like, low lows with this series, mm-hmm. it hurts. You know, there isn't, there isn't a consistency across Borderlands, in my opinion, except for, like, some game mechanics. But I think that is also the story of Gearbox. There's not much consistency with the studio and output. They put out yes. stuff, yep. but like it's really a hit or miss. Like I feel like the last really high quality game that we got, we could say Borderlands Three. Like I, I could say Three. Mechanically, oh, it was a good game. Mechanically, it was were, amazing. There were some improvements. Got to fight dinosaurs, but the writing was just yeah. atrocious. Yeah, I would say Borderlands Two and Three were like the last really great things to come out of the studio. I mean, we got fucking what? We got Godfall. We got Battleborn. <laughs> like well, uh, so they have a publishing arm too. Godfall was something they published, yeah. they didn't develop, uh, and they. And to be honest, they do publish some interesting things, right? Yeah. I'm sure people are down on Homeworld three, but also they've done Risk of Rain. Oh, okay. And um, the sequel to Hyper Light Drifter is something that they're publishing. So I think they have an interesting uh, publishing front. Yeah. Um, but yeah, some of their in-house development. That's what makes me nervous about this announcement. It's like you're going to try to take on Tales from the Borderlands, and in any other world. That would be an exciting prospect. Yo, the source is going to be making a yeah. spinoff instead of like uh, outsourcing to a different studio. And I'm just like, ah, yeah, except here's the thing about that. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the thing that was special about Telltale doing it back in the day was like they were in their prime when that game came out. I think we were like yeah. hot off of like Walking Dead season one and maybe season two. It like was coming I, we were out. on like two or so. But yeah, yeah. height of their powers. Yeah, right. Height of their powers in that in that uh, in that time frame and. Even things like Batman was fucking pretty good. Yeah, Batman season one was pretty good. Season one was pretty fucking dope. Yeah, so it's yeah, some... How do we say this? It is a uh, big narrative shoe to fill. I think what I would have really have liked to see... Like, I know the Tiny Tina formula really had worked well with Assault on Dragon Keep, and we wanted more of that D&D format in, like... 
you know, the loot and schloot format. But I think that would have been perfect for this, like, episodic, like, narrative structure of, like, choose your own adventure and stuff like that. That's a good point. That would have been interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where do you think they could take a new Tales from the Borderlands to? Like, what what stories are you hungering for in that world? Do you want to hear about Corrupt Doll Corporation or, like, something from Hyperion? I don't know. I think another big part is that uh, Tales from the Borderlands grew off the success of what worked before, which is Handsome Jack was a huge part of the story. Mm Um, all those elements, you know, yeah. digging into the Atlas Corporation and stuff. There's elements that they really played with that are just like, oh shit, yeah, mm-hmm. thanks for expanding this and actually solidifying this lore while telling us a great character-driven story. That story made me feel emotional. It, like the it shit was Loaderbot story, dude. <laughs> like it's good. Fucking Loaderbot. I don't know, man. I have no idea. Um, Borderlands Three left off with this prospect of there might be border worlds. There's, mm-hmm. there's a fucking vault in every world. Yeah. Um, which I thought we already hinted that that in part two, but I guess but we're finally getting to it. So th- there, there's a lot of opportunity. You could do something very different. Right? Yeah. Or you could do the same thing <laughs> again. With a different cast. We'll see. Um, My hope against hope is that they look at the formula and say to themselves, what really legitimately worked was the character work in this. Mm -hmm. And uh, the humor was also... Even, like, the worst humor in the game worked because you had a great cast and great characters to land it for you. Yeah. So, you know, don't don't skip on that cast. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you look at a game like Tiny Tina's Wonderlands, right? And you have Will Arnett, you have... Andy Samberg, you have fucking uh, Wanda Sykes, Ashley Birch. You have, like, big celebrity talent behind it. But, like, I don't always think a big celebrity cast a good game makes. Like I call it stunt casting. Yeah, exactly. I'm like, oh, who? Uh, Red Letter Beat. Oh, okay, cool. Stunt casting. It's like, yeah, why did you cast this fucker? Are they good for the role or are you just casting because they're a name? Mm -hmm. Don't do that. Cast people that are good for the roles. Yeah. (laughs) Like, I I just want to really see, like, a good, like, court voice cast come together and, like, give it a lot of heart and um from the writing standpoint like you can't mm-hmm. treat it like a standard borderlands game like i don't want to no. hear stupid one-liner dumb jokes you know? <laughs> i mean there's dumb jokes in tales from the borderlands yeah. it's just that they were good yeah <laughs> that's the difference there was good writing in there mm-hmm. just good jokes so we'll, i'm gonna say it we'll see we'll see there we go we'll see you gotta save room we'll see from us all right <laughs> one of these days i'm gonna say something like i don't want to see anymore yeah <laughs> I got a number four on here just for you, Daniel. Mm -hmm. Sonic Origins bundles remastered editions of classic Sonic games this June. Mm -hmm. Here's the byline. No one fucking cares. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. That's it. I didn't write anything for this. Um, There's two things that Mm -hmm. came out from this one. So it's Sonic 1, it's 2, it's uh, Sonic and Knuckles. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, not not 3. It's Sonic and Knuckles. Is that different? Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. So there's five games on here? Yeah. And then Sonic CD. And then Sonic CD. Yeah. Oh, okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, so they have this weird pre-order chart mm-hmm. that people have been making fun of them for. I think uh, yeah. Devolver Digital made the... Yeah, they did a thing for one. Truck to Yumi where it's like, look at our pre-order chart. And they were just kind of like leaning hard into just mocking them because it's like, this is a really stupid chart. You have the standard edition, which... <laughs> It comes with the main game. It comes with 100 bonus coins if you pre-order. Uh, it comes with a mirror mode. I what? guess what, that may be like reverse levels. Are we piecemealing modes? And then it comes with a letterbox <laughs> background. And then you have the start dash pack, which comes with all of those things without pre-order. Then you have the premium fun pack, 
coming soon, uh, which includes all the things I mentioned, character animation in the main menu, uh, game controls over the main menu islands, and character animations during music islands. And then the (laughs) Sonic Origins music pack, which comes with additional music from the Mega Drive slash Genesis titles. And then you have the digital deluxe edition, which comes with all of it. Like, this pre-order chart is a mess. What the (laughs) fuck, dude? Yeah. What? (laughs) Who's going to figure that out? And off of the success of the Sonic 2 movie, yeah. you're going to get kids, they're going to they're gonna log in and be like, which edition do I get? There's 14 of them. Yeah. I don't know. Who cares? <laughs> Let's just get, wait until a new Sonic. And I guess they're locking like harder missions and possibly levels behind DLC. Oh, that's cool. I like it when we remaster uh, old games and then chop up the modes. That's the thing. Like These games have been ported to fucking hell yeah. so many times over. I've I've bought in the Sonic games endless times. Like you didn't need to overcomplicate this one, guys. Like, I it, it feels like a what? sign of the times, right? Like are they gonna have a fucking like developer roadmap for for classic Sonic? Yeah. <laughs> like what's gonna happen? Is there gonna be new content like seven months down the line? Like what's your plan for Sonic uh, and Knuckles in yeah. particular? And like I get it, Headcanon, the studio that did Sonic Mania, they're mm-hmm. like the devs behind this. They they're not the ones responsible for like the fucking um. The pre-order DLC mess bonus. No, it's a Sega. At all. Yeah, it's definitely a Sega thing. Um, and so I don't want to come down hard on them because I think this is definitely like a labor of love. Um, and yeah, I'm going to buy this and play it again. But like just from a marketing standpoint, it's very muddled. And it's stupid. Yeah, it's the first taste of it. Yeah. Right? And the first impression that you're making is like, oh, here's this dumbass chart um with the words like pre-order and dlc mm-hmm. and, and animations are separated from make it excuse me what why do i care about that what, what are we turning <laughs> this in like like do you mean emotes there's emotes for the characters that weren't in there previously and i'm supposed to be excited that i can pay extra money for it mm-hmm. okay listen i let sonic <laughs> idle enough in a le- level and he'll make animations True. he'll do the board thing he'll lay down he'll sleep right he'll do the waiting finger he'll give me what i want yeah <laughs> i know you're probably not excited for this you Uh, hate sonic i don't hate (laughs) sonic i hate his games okay (laughs) i hate every sonic game (laughs) except for sonic adventure 2 okay that one's fine yeah that one's fine that one's fine that one was pretty dynamic you had a fucking good guy campaign you had a bad guy campaign you had good music right it was a fine game yeah every other game trash fucking trash just bad throw them in the sea um sonic mania Bad. I think you liked. No, I didn't. Bad. Mm, wow. Bad game. Generations? Because it felt like the old games. And those games suck too. <laughs> well, I'm glad I could have a very constructive conversation Losing about Sonic a lot Sonic of followers Lineage. here. <laughs> I mean, this is a cool thing, though, to like celebrate, what, 31 years of Sonic? Yeah, the pre-order chart in particular yeah. seems like a good way to... To honor where we've, where we've been yeah. and where we're going <laughs> with Sonic. No, I'm more excited for Sonic Frontiers. That's like a full-on yeah. three. I like the 3D Sonic games more than the 2D Sonic games. Mm. And that's true of all video games. I like 3D better than 2D. Absolutely. That's a rough one for me because I don't always no, think it's the not. 3D ones handle well for Sonic particularly. No, you just mean like 3D games in the world? No, I just mean th- oh, like 3D Sonic, Sonic games. We're talking about Sonic games. Yeah. Maybe maybe Mario and, and Sonic are the two conversations where it's like, oh, what do I prefer more? 2D I like 3D, 3D Mario way more than 2D Mario. Uh, it depends, man. It depends on w- what we're talking about. I would delete him 
if I could. You would delete yeah. 2D Mario? If somebody threatened Odyssey and said, you need to delete Super Mario Brothers 3. You're out of your fucking mind. I would delete it. You're insane. I would like, give me the cartridges, <laughs> Nintendo. Open up. Super Mario 3 and Super <laughs> Mario World are some of the best fucking games we've ever been given. You're like, I would, I would delete Execute it. them. <laughs> Listen, I play fast and loose with people's favorites. Sure. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Listen, we're not doing a hot take takedown right now. These aren't even hot takes. Yeah, this is just, these are Kevin facts. <laughs> these are Kevin facts. Um, no, here's what I really think. Yeah. I didn't grow up too much with Sonic. Like, mm-hmm. the character, I grew up more with Mario games, and I was used to, like, the physics in those games. The whole, like, weird slip and slide of, of, of Sonic, like, did mm-hmm. never, like, my brain never got used to it. Yeah. And so I never really, like, dug on the 2D Sonic. And then 3D Sonic was marginally more acceptable especially like you know uh, that first level in sonic adventure oh, one great. that was on the demo disc yeah. uh, for the dreamcast fucking great right so i like 3d sonic more than that but then there's a bunch of random sequel spin-off things sonic and the black knight and so many uh, sonic unleashed sonic unleashed sonic wolfhound sonic and, <laughs> and sonic oset like all, all this shit that's just like this is not Mm. worth touching or playing or even thinking about <laughs> yeah Fr- frontiers i want to see more from I it i want to see it yeah i'll get it i think it could be cool it's got the archie comics writer uh doing it oh nice he did a bunch of the sonic comics and mm. he's writing that game fuck yeah nice. yes yeah, it's gonna happen fuck yeah i want to see breath of the sonic man I breath of what that is yes because every open world game now needs to emulate breath of the wild yes uh, or elden ring i want to see sonic just take some inspiration from elden ring yeah i want to see fucking sonic cut down like a, a rot knight Right. Like a clean rot night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fucking just speeds right through them. <laughs> Got some up. Uh, we'll do a quick maybe two-minute review here. We saw uh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 in theaters. We did. I thought it was a, a, an acceptably fun time of a sequel. Yeah. It was certainly a children's film. Yes. That was the problem we had with the first movie, where it's like, this is definitely a kid's movie. Yes. Um, but it still feels like... Those two movies still feel like some of the best treatments in video game movies we've ever gotten, which is like not saying a lot because we it's haven't depressing. Gotten, we haven't gotten a lot of good video games. It's a depressing movies. thought. Um, and but, also, people keep on shitting on the name Silent Hill. Are we getting so far away from 2006 Silent Hill that we no. are, are no longer saying it's the best video game movie? We think Detective Fucking Pikachu <laughs> took the took the claim. Like, what's going on here? Come on, guys, <laughs> let's be real. Fucking Ryan Reynolds was wasted in that film. Yeah. <laughs> he did nothing. <laughs> but, uh, so yeah, Sonic 2. Uh, I liked the characters they introduced. Uh, Idris Elba's Knuckles was great. Really great. I think Jim Carrey was far better in this film yes. than the first one. Because yeah. he was just full-on Eggman mode the mm-hmm. whole time, which was great. No origin, anything. Just mm-hmm. like, yo, he's he's just nutty. It was fun to see him just be completely unhinged. Yeah. And uh, I think they gave him better stuff to do in this movie. Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. They do. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not... I'm still not on board with the Sonic as a child uh, meta that's I happening I thought there. he was like a teenager or like a young adult. A young adult in the first yeah. one. I thought he was a young adult. And they're like, eh. like he, he goes up to Cyclops in this movie and goes, are you my daddy? Or like, what the fuck? <laughs> are you my friend? Are you my daddy? <laughs> it's so weird. I don't know. Um, but yeah, it's fine. I'll probably never watch it again. Mm. Yeah, it's it's okay. I was a little embarrassed to be in the theater for it. Really? Like I, I got to a point when they were making like the fart jokes with the fake Sonic. Yeah. Uh, the Sanic that they had. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, and I was just like, oh no, why did I walk into this? <laughs> why didn't I just wait until this came out on, Fair enough. <laughs> on video? Yeah. For, for me, I think it was a, a fun escalation from like where the previous movie left off. Um, yeah. Getting the characters of, of Tails and Knuckles together was really cool. We get some really great like iconic moments from Sonic 2. And in 3, we got the fucking Death Egg Machine, which is the giant robot. That comes uh, out into the city, which is pretty cool. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, I think the the one missed for me with the the movie was just a complete lack of like sonic music, where there could have mm. been really cool orchestral shit happening instead of just like kind of just really generic blanket well, scores. How many times can you remix Green Hill Zone? The only Sonic song oh that matters. Oh my god! There's the scene where he's snowboarding and like where like the Swiss Alps and yeah. like you could have put anything from Snow Cap Hill Zone there. Like we had an entire fucking like. 30-year sonic orchestra thing that happened like you could have used any of that fucking music but like whatever fuck me right well who, who knows how the rights are tied up you yeah. know what i'm saying i would sure. however be interested to see a fan take on that honor of trying to orchestrate like do a fan cut uh i'll do it put it on the music you want to do I'll that? do it just do it i don't even write music anymore but i'll do it make it happen man <laughs> orchestra it man yeah. so there you go two minutes uh movie's fine if you like sonic you'll like it more than anyone else yeah, I, I mean, I think I, I was pretty, pretty... Uh, There's an install base to Sonic, and it's people that like Sonic. Yeah, I left the theater being like, all right, that was acceptable. I had a fun time, at least. Um, I, I definitely got up at, like, halfway point in the movie to just go to the bathroom, which is a thing that I don't often do, but I felt like there was a breather moment where I wasn't going to miss anything. There was... <laughs> I made a really good joke during it. Yeah. I made a funny joke. Did you? Uh, you remember the opening scene where Sonic is racing through Seattle, chasing down some make robbers? Mm-hmm. I said, this must have been filmed in the chop. And then everyone laughed. Oh, yeah, the whole theater. Whole theater all the kids in the theater laughed. <laughs> the movie does have a ridiculous <laughs> C-plot at a wedding yeah. with uh, with Gun, which is like a big organization from, I think, Adventure in uh, Sonic 06, maybe? Okay. Uh, which I guess is going to be a big thing in the, the third movie. I love an 06 deep cut. Yeah. Uh, well, they're setting up Shadow. They're setting up all this shit. So. Sets up the possibility Sonic might have sex with a human woman. You there want to keep know. on talking about Sega, bro? Let's talk about Sega, bro. Let's talk about Sega. Sega. There or, we wait, go. Wait, are you more of a Sega or like a Sega fan? Uh, it depends on how I'm hitting that stroke. <laughs> Number five, please. <laughs> Number five. Sega is reportedly rebooting two beloved franchises. According to Bloomberg, Sega's previously teased Super Game Project isn't a single game. It's more like a label housing multiple AAA endeavors. It, yeah. yeah that's what, <laughs> and now we know at least what two of those projects could be. A full-on reboot of Jet Set Radio and Crazy Taxi. Mm. Both franchises have been pretty dormant over the years. Jet Set Radio lost, uh, last saw a single sequel for Xbox in 2002 called Jet Set Radio Future. Mm-hmm. I played that one. It was okay. Mm. And Crazy Taxi is a sadder state of affairs. The last game that featured taxi racing was a PSP spinoff called Fair Wars, released in 2007. However, the actual last game in the insane cabbie franchise was Crazy Taxi Tycoon, a business management sim released for mobile in 2017. I had no idea that either of those two yeah. titles were a thing. Right. Did you know there was this Crazy Taxi 3? I did know that. That was yes. on Xbox. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now, Bloomberg reports that both titles will be big budget and looking to gobble up recurring revenue the way Fortnite eats. That means Sega plans on doubling down on online features, and it's been suggested or warned, depending on your perspective, they may use these games as a test pad for NFT integration. Could you imagine, like, Jet Set Radio, you're fucking, like, tagging graffiti, and there's, like, a QR code that you can scan? 
and then like, fucking gets it like a go to a site for NFTs. It almost seems antithetical to the heart of the series, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it really does, though. But you know, companies are going to be greedy companies about things like this. <laughs> yeah, well, I think um, I can pre say that that will be embarrassing for Sega. Yep, it sounds embarrassing, is embarrassing. And yet companies keep on going, no, I know there's some, uh, let's say, cynicism, skepticism about NFTs, like Square Enix, for instance. But they said, um, but you're going to choke it down and like it, you gamer cuck. <laughs> That's what they're saying. So many companies are embracing it right now to a ridiculous degree. And I'm just like, am I insane? Am I, like, did I wake up on the wrong timeline? Like, what is happening? No, no. I think it's just a, a heavy-handed reminder that money people are in charge of the commercial media that you love. And sure. None of it is actually a true passion project as long as there's a paymaster involved. Sure. <laughs> commercial art not done for the good of your heart. <laughs> so, I yeah. I think I know your history with uh, Crazy Taxi. So we'll, we'll start with Crazy Taxi and then yeah. maybe go to Jet Set Radio. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with Crazy Taxi on the Dreamcast. Yeah. Um, but a lot of what made those games for me offspring was the licensed music, <laughs> right? Was the offspring was like the yeah, 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 yeah. You and your phone. It's just like slipping out of my lap. Your Sorry. Fu- it's too big for you now. I know. Um, there's a whole table. <laughs> so like. Yeah, a lot of what made those games for me was the licensed music and right. obviously just trying to get people to their locations as fast as I could to hit those score multipliers and all that. Yeah. The the, the notion of this kind of existing in like a almost like a games of service Fortnite sphere is a little weary for me. Like I'm mm, I don't know. I don't really. know. It seems like we're um quickly getting to the point where game publishers want live service games more than gamers want them yeah um hey you remember babylon's fall Mm -hmm. remember how it had 10 concurrent players last week on steam jesus Mm. (laughs) so we're gonna see a lot of that and Mm -hmm. it seems like that's what sega's shoring up for and i guess my question is when did this happen again didn't Mm -hmm. we get away from everything being a live service game and started getting single player fucking adventure and cool experiences and now sony and sega and even xbox are Mm -hmm. saying we need to Go back to live service. <laughs> it's like they're telling us that they're going back, and we're like, well, why? It's that's a weird one because I feel like Sony and Microsoft at least have kind of dual scopes about it, where they're like, yeah, we have our kind of games of service imprint, but we also have our single player narrative experiences, and then our multiplayer games that aren't necessarily live service based. Mm-hmm. Sega's weird, where they're just kind of like a, mm, I don't know. Because they're not like a, they're not in the console sphere in the same way. They, a lot of times, they're more of a publisher. Mm-hmm. Um, so I could see them maybe just wanting to chase that trend in a way. Yeah, with some of their more beloved IPs. They all do, and that's the game. Yeah. They keep on telling you what the game is, and the game is to make a Fortnite. Yeah. They all want their own Fortnite. Mm-hmm. All right, they they want a recurring revenue generator, something that literally prints money because game development is so costly Mm -hmm. that to do a one and done is stupid to a business and to a game you're like no that's the good thing that's why we'll keep on supporting you and they're like yeah but if you buy elden ring can you pay for elden ring every month (laughs) that's what they want from you but it's such a weird thing because i look at older games that were more arcadey in their approach like i look at like tony hawk pro skater one plus two right that came out and there were some kind of like paywally things in there, but like at the core of it, it was still that same arcadey fun experience, right? Mm-hmm. And I wasn't hungering for anything more beyond that. They could have done that here. They could have valued that, but 
they're not. Mm. So I guess I'll ask you. Hello. Hey, hey, Kevin. Hi. Of, of the Red Herb. Um, you were a big fan of Crazy Taxi Girl. Oh, right? big fan of Crazy Taxi. Jumping cars? Yes. <laughs> that was in part two, though. I don't think part one had the leaping cabbie, right? Uh, I don't think so. Yeah. Part two, yeah. jumping cars. So Amazing. Did you have hopes for a Crazy Taxi, like, reboot, remake of any sort? And two, I guess, um, what, what, what are your hopes for this sort of model for the game? Interesting. Yeah. Um, I don't want them to do what they've announced that they're going to do. <laughs> uh, that's that's the first thing, right? Yeah. Uh, the second thing is, I don't I don't know. I don't mm. know how you do a crazy taxi now that fucking makes sense to people that isn't like a small scale game. Yeah. You know, like they're 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 making big AAA experiences on crazy taxi. That's the right one to hang your hat on. <laughs> crazy taxi world. <laughs> Are we sure? Like big AAA crazy taxi? That, that that's like a little arcadey fucking like thirty buck game. That, yeah. That you shouldn't be trying to make a full fucking AAA game on crazy taxi. Isn't it still in arcades? Uh, yeah. Depending. Yeah. There isn't a new game though. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on which old ass fucking yeah. arcade that you go to. <laughs> I mean, we're not gonna find them at fucking uh, GameWorks anymore. Yeah, you're not gonna find a GameWorks in Seattle. Yeah. Or anywhere, because they are going out of business. Oh, they're just completely out of business? Yeah. Really? It mm-hmm. wasn't... So the $17 wings didn't work for them, huh? No. Damn. Nor the $13 Long Islands. Oh. But they were pretty good. They were tasty. They were pretty tasty. They were tasty. But yeah, it's true. I don't want to spend fucking $50 to play a 30-minute game. <laughs> like, the value proposition stops making yeah. sense after all. I don't care that you have these sit-down, walking-dead uh, bow-and-arrow things that you mm-hmm. can do. What, what was that arcade? The Walking Dead Ride Along, or something, something like that. Yeah. Something, yeah. A fucking Daryl Adventure. A Daryl Adventure, yeah. yeah Daryl's Daring Adventure. Yeah, I don't know. I want a game that harkens back to like, hey, here's a quick arcadey fun experience mm-hmm. that you can like, you know, fuck off to. And we got some licensed music back. Here's Skrillex. Um, <laughs> as for Jet Set Radio, known as Jet Grind Radio, initially in North America, that's why there's confusion mm-hmm. amongst the world. They go, "Why are you saying grind at me?" Yeah. Uh, there's already another game, what is it, like Funkadelic Super Blast? Yeah. That's in development because they didn't think Sega would ever do another Jet Set Radio, and now they are. Was it? Isn't it by like the same team and it has the same composer? It has the same composer. Yeah. It does. Um, I think that project might hearken more closely to the feelings that we got from Jet Set Radio mm-hmm. than even Sega's fucking, like, we're going to do an NFT <laughs> version of this game it doesn't make any sense it feels soulless yes it feels very corporate (laughs) these two products together um so i'm not i'm not super excited i'm not very excited for the reasons why they're bringing back these franchises it's like the only reason they're doing is like fuck what does sega have outside of yakuza and sonic i don't know is is what somebody said in a meeting i have no idea (laughs) yeah it's tough these days right like yakuza is probably their biggest thing outside of sonic yeah yeah i would say so so, uh, oh, and I mean, so I'm forgetting some other games, right? They have some other things that are still in play these days. What could it be? I'm gonna look up Sega. I mean, I'm trying to think because Sonic 2, the movie, did the whole um, intro scene where they showed their IP in a flash. Think of, think of the, uh, the yeah. IP. What is in there? What is in there? Sega, what do you even do? I mean, it's a lot of stuff that's from their back catalog that they haven't touched in them forever. Um... <laughs> uh... You could make an NFT-based Panzer Dragoon. <laughs> you know your own your own dragon. Only you have that dragon. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, I don't know, man. It's not looking good. Mm. Yeah, I guess they would have to do NFT versions of Crazy Taxi. <laughs> I mean, 
those games were big in the Dreamcast era, but that was also 20 years ago. <laughs> I think there's a new Fantasy Star Online. There is. Yeah. Okay. Do they still own Streets of Rage? <laughs> um, that is a good question, because I know Lizard Cube and Datomu are doing Streets of Rage 4. I don't know if it's a license thing that they're doing that, but they might still own it. <laughs> I don't know. I'm trying to look at, like, now. This is the part of the podcast where we look things up. Virtua Fighter. Ah, uh, okay. They have that. They can do that. NFT fighter. <laughs> Make that addition to the game. Yeah, so Streets of Rage 4, developed by Dotomu, Lizard Cube, and Guard Crush, and published by Dotomu. So, yeah, I think that's its own thing. <laughs> they lost the Streets of Rage license? Mm-hmm. <laughs> they could do a new Shinobi. Wow, that would be cool. Um, I like Shinobi. They could do Sonic Adventure 2, too. The sequel to Sonic Adventure. <laughs> yeah, so we're really kind of <laughs> scraping the barrel there. Yeah. Bring back Vector Man and all his little body joints or NFTs that you can scan. Yeah, bring back the Vector Man. <laughs> <laughs> Echo the Dolphin. There we go. That's a tr- There you go. You hit it on the head. Let's get a AAA fucking reboot yeah. of Echo the Dolphin, oh. right? I'm going to read off some rapid fire ones. Yeah. Altered Beast. Comic okay. Zone. <laughs> Altered NFTs. Uh, Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, which is a fucking great game. Okay, NFT of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Dynamite Hetty. Dynamite NFT. Yeah. <laughs> NFT Hetty. NFT Hetty. Kid Chameleon. NFT Kid. You know how okay, you don't have to do like NFT for everything. <laughs> the, the game just has NFTs <laughs> in them. I don't think you understood the assignment. No, they, they have to be to let you know that they're NFT version of your hit classic oh my God. Uh, games. Yeah, um, absolutely. Anyway, to reel it back in, Crazy yeah. Taxi. I'm not crazy about the idea, <laughs> but like maybe I'll play it. I think I'm more excited about the prospect of another Crazy Taxi than Jet Set Radio, but. That's just me. Because I had more of a lineage with that than I did Jet Set. I think the legacy of Jet Set for me is the music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I blame ocremix.org for that, where I would just listen to so many remixes of, <laughs> of Jet Set music. Yeah, I, I would say, um, you remember they actually remastered uh, Jet Set Radio mm-hmm. back in like 360 PS3, and the controls were god-awful. Yeah. Like, it did not survive the transition from Dreamcast to like... Not even modern day now, but mm-hmm. back in like 2011 or whenever they did it, right? So you need to fix a lot about the mechanics of the game, but mm. still get the heart right. And I'm, I don't know. It depends <laughs> on the studio that makes it. <laughs> it depends on who's doing it. Yeah, there's potential for that to be good. The way that this uh, super game label mm-hmm. is being sold to me doesn't sound like it's going to be great. I'm going to say something right here. Huh. If you wanted a really cool, fresh, reinvigorated take. On Jet Set Radio. Yeah. Should have given it to Insomniac. Give it to a small satellite studio. Okay. They understand, like, physics and in-game stuff and, like, yeah. kind of world navigation in a really fun way. Just look at what they did with fucking Sunset Overdrive. Yep, that's Spider-Man. a game that's very like, much inspired by Jet Set Radio. Just think about, like, the way you could grind and navigate, like, on surfaces in that, that world. We... <sighs> with them at the helm. I don't know why every time we pitch a new video game, we want Insomniac to make it. Because they're fucking ahead of the curve. I, I get like, it. I agree. They they're are. titans in the industry. <laughs> I think they're probably one of the top five best developers around right now. They are. Yeah. They are. It's just a, like we are, our version of a new game is always, to, hey. I don't trust Sega. Let me tell you what. <laughs> what do you want? Let me tell you what. Have you, do you remember uh, Mighty Max? Yeah. 
I got a video game idea, but we need to get Insomniac on board to do Mighty Max. And it's the only right way to do Mighty Max is get Insomniac in here. Because they understand gaming Mm -hmm. and gamers and have Sony money. Okay, there you go. Boom. Done. Mighty Max NFT. Oh my god. Let's roll on to number six. Number six on here is an old one, but we yes. didn't talk about it. This is super old. Kingdom Hearts 4 exists and is happening. Okay? And Sora's a real boy now. He's got and real boy shoes. Nomura explains why. He says, <laughs> quote... <laughs> this is, he was talking to Famitsu, by the way. Yeah. He says, quote, From Sora's perspective, Quadratum is an underworld, a fictional world that is different from reality. Mm. But from the point of view of the inhabitants on the Quadratum side, the world of Quadratum quadratum is reality. Quadratum. Quadratum is reality. (laughs) And the world where Sora and the others were is the other side, the fictional world. End quote. I got got a question for you about Nomura. Mm -hmm. How often does he do peyote? (laughs) (laughs) So I'm I'm reading right now uh, the boss fight books uh, for Kingdom Hearts 2 that uh, Alexia Ray Correa wrote. <laughs> and in the starting chapters, they talk about, like, his approach to, like, why he he is writing and formulate, uh, formulating Kingdom Hearts in the way that he does. And it's because when he was putting together Kingdom Hearts 1, he got approached by the creator of Final Fantasy, um, and was basically told, hey, if you're going to make something on this JRPG level, like, you can't make it simple. It's got to be, like, complex. It's got to be something that makes people scratch their head on and, like, really want to, like, kind of, like, unravel. You can't do something simple. It's not going to survive. And I think he took that along <sighs> with the pe- the peyote and just ran miles with it. <laughs> yeah, he he did. I gotta tell you, that's both good and bad advice, depending on how you look at it, right? I mean, Kingdom Hearts is super successful. Yeah. It is convoluted and weird, but people always defend it and go like, well, it's no more convoluted than than long-running anime. And I'm like, yeah, you can't just compare two bad things and exonerate the first bad thing. (laughs) That was the thing he was looking at as well, where he was looking at, like, anime and manga, and he's like, oh, yeah, like, a lot of it is, like, really spoon-fed to, like, the reader or the watcher in in these cases. And he's like, I want to do something beyond that. I wanted something that, like, you know, we kept people guessing. They couldn't predict what was going to happen. And you're definitely, like... Making people guess a lot, Nomura. Why are we doing this with a Disney crossover project, though? <laughs> I don't know. Like, that's my big question. Yeah. Like, why? Like, is I wonder if people at Disney scratch their fucking heads whenever they hear about Kingdom Hearts or yeah. like what they have to approve. They're like, "What the fuck are you doing? Who are these people? What's a nobody? What? Whatever. It makes money. Like they they go look. They look at the Excel sheet and go like, "Ah, fuck. Okay, whatever. Whatever you're doing is working. Maybe yeah. just." Just go do it. Well, Don't talk to us. If you needed to know, Kevin, and nobody yep. is what happens when a person is separated from their heart. It's yep. what happens after a heartless is formed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's a Nomura story. Yeah, basically. Gotcha. I accept it. His consciousness, when he takes a peyote, is separated from his body. And then he comes up with his best ideas. So Kingdom Hearts 4. This yeah. was announced kind of in the in the twilight hours, like a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, in the swell of the Kingdom Hearts 20th year anniversary event. Pretty cool, right? Uh, I don't think a lot of people were expecting it to get announced. No, I don't think so. Um, I don't think so. And it's it's cool the way they did it, and they're kind of pitching this as like the the lost master arc 
Um, huh? I don't quite know what that means. I don't know what that means either. Uh, you have a lot of masters in the game. You have Keyblade Masters. Mickey is considered a master, so, like, you know, what, what Oh, that be? okay. Maybe it's referring to, you know, Sora himself, because okay. he's lost in he's Quadratum. Lost master? Yeah. When are we going to get to the point where we double back and realize that Sora is Xenonort? Maybe. When are we going to do that? Where <laughs> it's just like, oh... So you fucked yourself. <laughs> is that what you want this all to yeah. lead into? Absolutely. Well, I think like the, the Xehanort arc is done. That yeah, was the, yeah, the yeah. big arc from like one through three. And dot, dot, dot. Somehow Palpatine's still alive. <laughs> Let's do this. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, episode nine. We really needed that. <laughs> <laughs> Make it complex. <laughs> you really want this franchise to live a long time. Yeah. You got to have those complexities. You got to like keep them guessing, right? That's true. Do what Nomura said. So I saw this trailer, and I thought it was pretty good. It's a pretty good trailer, right? It's a pretty good trailer. It's cool that he's in the same uh, Matrix tech demo, (laughs) (laughs) living in the real world. Yeah. Um, Jumping around. His shoes are natural fit instead Mm -hmm. of clown shoes. And I think that, uh, for me, that's a bigger... I have always wanted a fantasy based in reality. <laughs> and I'm just waiting for Nomura to yeah. to fulfill that promise. So you think the Disney IP is what was really holding the franchise back? I mean, legitimately, yes. <laughs> like that's a yes. Yeah. Like those are the stupidest parts of all of these games. It it worked perfectly in part one. Mm-hmm. Worked perfectly. Perfect balance. The right amount of charm. The right amount of like here's some Final Fantasy elements. But here's our gateway characters that are mm-hmm. new. That that is the um, the bridge in between both worlds sure. making sense. Cool. And then Nomura was like, well, fuck that. Let's up the dosage. And then he went to part two and fucking just made it wild. <laughs> made it wild. And then it didn't stop being wild. <laughs> and here's the thing. It's like, okay, cool. He wants to lean into his own lore stuff. Mm-hmm. It ends up making all the Disney stuff feel like a fucking interruption. It never, ever feels more than an interruption because it's not genuinely important except for the few characters like Mickey, Goofy, and Donald yeah. to the overarching story that's happening. That's definitely what 3 felt like where yeah. it's like, oh, man, we spent a lot of money to get these like IPs to get like frozen in here. So, of course, we have frozen. to have a fucking three to four minute musical segment of Let It Go. Um, and yeah, I de- those moments definitely were not as exciting as they could have been. They definitely no. dragged the experience. And some of the cooler stuff was like, I guess, finally getting to what Nomura wanted to tell with the story with yeah. like, all these Keyblade Masters and the Keyblade War. And, you know, what is going on with Xehanort? Yeah, what is going I, on I almost wanted to cut characters? the game down to just those elements. Yeah. Right? Because it was just like, obviously, the heart is not where it needs to be for these other things. Mm-hmm. Just look at Toy Story. What a god awful part of that game. Yeah. It, well, it also feels like these worlds should have came out in a game that was like five years previous yeah like i don't know the development of that game was very troubled Mm -hmm. so i'm kind of with you where like i do want to see like maybe a laser focused story it's never gonna quite happen with him uh, because namora is not known for subtlety or being focused (laughs) um but i i it is inevitable that we're gonna get disney world because like the end of the trailer we got we got Donald and Goofy. We got fucking Hades and some voiceover stuff. Um, I think it has been teased that they're going back to they're going back to the Olympus Coliseum again for the ninetieth time. What is wrong with them? <laughs> why is they? Why are they obsessed with Hercules? Is that like in Japan? Like Hercules was super successful. Maybe they had those like McDonald's plates that just like fucking the took McDonald's everybody. McDonald's plates. Yeah. Oh my really god. Good. My god. Okay. Well, there's a lot of speculation about which worlds we could be going to. Sure. In Kingdom Hearts Four. And some folks think that they've already seen 
a hint in the trailer itself of a forest kind of environment. Mm-hmm. And they somebody who's looking at some sort of weird, well, they're saying it's an Adat's foot. I would also say that. I think that is an Adat's foot, and I think we're on Endor. Wait, what is the walkers? Adat's the big one. The standy one is... Um, we have AT-ATs and then ATSTs. Yes. Yeah. So ADAT and ATST. <laughs> so it could be an ATST foot. Cool. We're going to Star Wars. How do you feel? Good? Bad? Great? Uh, depends on how they do it. I mean, you already have black cloaked <laughs> figures with the organization. So like you could do this thing where like, oh, they're working with the Sith Lords. And oh, you know, yeah. Sora has to work with like the Jedis. Maybe Rey uh, mm-hmm. or Luke. I don't know how they're going to fucking do it. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it could be cool to have a lightsaber keyblade situation. That would be hot as shit. I mean, you already have characters that kind of have, like, dual-bladed keyblades that have, like, laser beams coming off of them. The hyper-realism of it isn't even too concerning for me at this point, because we've done, like, Pirates of the Caribbean twice. Mm -hmm. And we've already kind of had that, like, hyper-realistic flush for the franchise. So it it fits, I think. I think it's going to be the newer stuff. Yeah. I think it's going to be, like, Ray Skywalker. It's going to be Kylo Ren and all that stuff. I'd I'd be fine with that. And, I mean, (laughs) the themes of Star Wars... You know, the force, good and bad, not too far off from Kingdom Hearts with light and darkness. Like, it's literally the same cookie-cutter bullshit. Kingdom Hearts is force? Yeah. Oh, my God. So. And then and then other worlds potential, like we're saying, like, well, you know, the world's a little different now that uh, Disney and Marvel are under the mm-hmm. same house. Are we going to see some Marvel characters in Kingdom Hearts? Yeah. And it's like, yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, we thought we were getting that with Kingdom Hearts 3, but I guess that was probably so far along in development when that deal was brokered that it probably was too late to shoehorn it in. Right. They were like, "Uh, how about Big Hero 6? And everyone was like, sure. Sure, Sure, that's still in. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Big Hero 6 did not last as a franchise, did it? No, it sucked that it didn't. Because, like, it had a comic run, too, that was pretty big. They did a they did like a Disney series based off of it, you yeah. know, where they say, "Hey, we're going to give you a quarter of the budget to do like a ten episode arc." And that was originally Marvel, right? Uh, yeah, it's a Marvel property. Yeah. yeah, Big Hero Six, but it was like their crossover thing because it was like a manga mm-hmm. and and whatever the fuck else. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Marvel, Marvel. Kevin, what do you think we get? I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's going to be the Avengers. Yeah, it's going to be like the weird culminate. It's not going to be MCU. There might be callbacks to their designs from the MCU, but yeah. it's not going to be a particular story. Mm-hmm. It's just going to be the idea of, here's the Marvel Universe, here's the Marvel Avengers. And so you're going to have the Hulk, and you're going to have the, the main cast, Sora, Donald, and Goofy sure. turning into superheroes that are mm-hmm. Marvel that characters. Yeah, and then we're going to do something like, oh, maybe Thanos. You're going to beat up Thanos or something. And that's mm. it. But I want it to be where it's like, oh, I'm going to get one of like the Infinity Stones. Oh, that'd be hot. <laughs> As like a slot for your Keyblade or right. something. And then destroys half of the Kingdom Hearts universe with a snap. <laughs> like, Nording is no longer a thing, so it just snaps yeah. all the bad lore. Riku points. gets dusted! <laughs> Wouldn't that be no, such a No, because then he's going to have to spend another 20 games trying to find his friends again. <laughs> exactly! <laughs> exactly! Listen, you need to add complexity or it's not going to survive, Daniel. You need to have these complexities, right? You get him back together. True. You remember when um uh what's her name? Kiri? Kyrie? Yeah, Kyrie. Kyrie got completely chest blasted. Yeah. <laughs> like to death. We can, we went back and we got her back, okay? Mm-hmm. What's this little snap? What's a little snap? True. True. She was in Crystallis mode, mm-hmm. so like, you know, yeah, you're right. Here's what I really want. Mm-hmm. And this is something that I feel like Kingdom Hearts forgot was a thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Final Fantasy characters. Yeah, there was none of that in Where Kingdom is Hearts Lightning? 3. Where is lightning? Right? 
Well, the thing with Kingdom Hearts yeah. 3, and a lot of people are, like, kind of speculating with this one, right? Uh, Virum Rex was this thing that was teased in the Toy Story world, yeah, right? Which sure. a lot of people are like, oh, yeah, this has, like, kind of remnants of Final Fantasy 13 Verses, which was the big project that got canned that became final fantasy 15 in some ways and final fantasy 13 in other ways it was mainly final fantasy 15 though um and there is a secret boss fight that happens in like the remind dlc for kingdom hearts 3 where you fight yazora who is a character from that world and if you get like the secret ending for that the good ending you basically get a trailer for final fantasy 13 versus so they're thinking that he is going to lean into the scrapped ideas of that game in Kingdom Hearts 4, which, cool, if you can pull it off, sure. Sick. But I do think it would be cool to just have, like, Noctis in the gang, or, I don't know, if you want to do Square st- stuff, put fucking The World Ends With You, people want to see that. Bring back the regalia, have have Sora in there with the boys. That'd be really cool. across the, the open world, that'd be sick as fuck. Yeah. That would be the ultimate swerve, which is... The middle act of Kingdom Hearts 4 is the entirety of Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> you just have to do it all. <laughs> just a huge open world game where you're hunting like Adamantoises right. and shit. But fix the ending. What if they fix the ending? They go back in time and make things right for Final Fantasy 15. I mean, that's a tough one. They got to make their own endings right first. Like, I don't even really, like, I had to look up what happened at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3 again because I forgot. It. I forgot. It's been so oh. long, and it was such a mess. And then you don't remember the um, the remind DLC the, like corrected it, and then the storm of keyblades that you're writing. That was a, that, that was, was great. Hype as fuck. That was really great. What I they say, call you it? can't take that away from it. It's Something of uh, awakening they call that. And then um, fucking so melody of memory, the fucking rhythm game had story beats, and then there was a fucking you must be joking mobile game that had elements as well. This franchise is a mess, and people yeah. will level with you and say it's not that complicated if you just read it all. And I'm like, well. It is a little complicated. It's a little complicated. Uh, you're asking a lot of your fan base to divulge into all these like offshoot titles that aren't all on one platform until like recently, right? Yeah. Uh, which all in one man? I went out and bought it. I bought all of the Kingdom Hearts games again. There we go. To set myself up for like we're, a new stream arc. We're back. He's gonna do it. He's gonna go through the Kingdom Hearts saga. I'm such a shill for this fucking franchise. Why do you think that is? Because, like, okay, so Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2, like, I have such hard nostalgia for those games. I played those games to the ground. Uh And that was also my introduction to Final Fantasy as well. Like, I'll admit it. Like, I hadn't played a Final Fantasy until after I played through Kingdom Hearts 1 twice. Yeah, I didn't know who a lot of those characters were. Um, I had watched Final Fantasy 7 get played when I was, like, a kid, but I never put my hands on the controller. I never got to play as Polygonal Cloud back in the day. Polygonal Cloud! (laughs) You know, it wasn't until after Kingdom Hearts that I, I went... And I played 10, and then 10-2, and then 7, and 9, and all that. So, um, so yeah, I played those games to the ground, and it's like, I didn't have a lot of games growing up. Like, I was kind of, like, poor, but, like, you know, my family tried to do the best to give me, like, what they could, especially, like, on holidays and whatnot, like, mm-hmm. for games I was asking for. Um, to get a PlayStation 2 was a really big thing. Yeah. Because I was living on a borrowed one for a while. Nice. Um, and, yeah, I only had so many games, so I would just play those games over and over, and, like, there was a huge nostalgia factor um kingdom hearts 2 came out my senior year of high school and then i think between 2006 and then 2018 or 2019 when we got kingdom hearts uh 3 i just started to kind of age out of it a little bit Hmm. i didn't follow along with a lot of like the the interstitial titles i played the 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 remasters that came out on ps3 and then i finally played birth by sleep which is a really fucking great game 
But, like, I kind of just lessened with it over time. But, like, anytime they release a mainline title, I'm going to show up for it, right? I'm going to show up for a Kingdom Hearts that's made in Unreal Engine 5. Like, you know? (laughs) Of course. Of course he is. And, like, that trailer looked hot. Like, there was a lot of cool stuff in there. Um, There's still some quick time events and stuff happening. And, uh, I don't know. I'm just interested to see, like, what, you know, a next-gen Kingdom Hearts could play and feel like and what they'll do with it. We were saying the same thing last gen. I know. I know. (laughs) And the results were disappointing. Yeah, I mean, I I had a very varied time with uh, with Kingdom Hearts three. I think at the end I enjoyed it. Um, it's not mm. my favorite Kingdom Hearts game, but oh, we came. It's like a choose your own adventure. We came to different conclusions on that one. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, yeah, hey man, I, I think I think it's just incredible to me that you can play Kingdom Hearts one, two, three, and be missing sixty percent of the story. <laughs> it's a little nuts. <laughs> it is a little insane. It crushes my soul that that's true. But sometimes you got to go the dream drop distance in order to make a complex franchise. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> well, Kingdom Hearts 4, do you think it's going to have a, another protracted development cycle for 10 fucking years? Yeah, th- so they're not even really putting a release window on it. It's still like an early development. I don't yeah, God really do. think we get this game until maybe like 2025. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Um, I forget if Nomura's working on something else right now because Final Fantasy VII Remake... That got put onto Katase's plate, right? Uh, and a few of the other devs. I think Like, he's so. not primarily working on that one right now. Huh. I didn't know that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then um, Yoshi P's working on 16. Yeah. So maybe they're like, Nomura. Do the thing. Just do the thing for Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Nobody else knows how to do what you do with Kingdom Hearts. Do your vision. Well, n- literally nobody else knows what the story is half the time because he withholds yeah. elements of it. Oh, he doesn't know the story. So. He doesn't understand. He hasn't had uh, the right dosage. He hasn't gone on a mind <laughs> trip to figure out what the rest of the story He's is. He's over here fucking like microdosing like Disney World. <laughs> like, come on, man. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for it. Cautiously optimistic in some regards. In the meantime, I'm just going to play through the, the games again and try and platinum one and two. So. There you go. There you go. But I think this is another trademark save room. We'll see. We'll see. You know? When we get to episode 238, when it comes out. Fantastic. We'll be like, hey, what's going on? Oh, you know, the kids making me tired. I think it's insane that we're getting another fucking mobile game, though, in between now and then. We're getting the missing link game. Yeah, why? I don't know. What link is missing? Uh, maybe we'll get more context uh, on Strelitzia, that character that we saw in the trailer. You know, <laughs> could you imagine a franchise that doesn't actually have a story, just context? <laughs> right. <laughs> they continue to add like, context. So, the thing that like Marvel does right now with its Disney Plus shows, like I think people maybe find a little frustrating that I need to watch like you know Loki to understand what is being set up for like Multiverse of Madness, right, or like mm. WandaVision, right. That is not nearly as egregious as what fucking Square Enix and Nomura have done with Kingdom Hearts. Yep. So That is true. That is true. But they expect the gamers to go where they put the hearts. Mm -hmm. You know? Whether it be GBA or Nokia Engage. Oh god, there was a Nokia game. If you want some Kingdom Hearts story, you'll find it. You'll go there. (laughs) Yeah. You'll go there. Or you'll just look it up on YouTube. That's what I have to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I think I... It's funny, Kingdom Hearts is like the only franchise that I think I watched like a like a lore recap and still didn't understand it. Like afterwards. I've been playing these games for fucking twenty years at this point, and I'm still not even really sure what's going on in most of them. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah I think I think uh the true missing link is uh Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. That's public domain now, so you can do whatever you want with it. <gasps> the cat. 
Um, yeah, I think that on the core level, the first game is the easiest one to understand because it was yeah. simple and it was clean. Oh! All right, and now we walk away. <laughs> <laughs> Well, guys, I uh, I thank you for listening to another episode of The Save Room. Um, it was a bit of news with a lot of conversation. Yeah, how long was this one? Uh, almost two hours. Oh, fuck me. How did we do it? I don't know. God damn you, Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it was Sonic's fault. I think it was Sonic's no, fault. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. Fucking Sonic. Well, how do we send this one off? <sighs> we send it off to die. <laughs> Along with all of Sega's uh, franchises that can't be turned into NFT machines. Yeah, we bury it in the Sonic uh, graveyard or the yeah. Keyblade graveyard, whatever. I want that crossover. Sonic and Sora together again. We got it. I know, but like, just because they hit each other in the face doesn't mean we get like a, a crossover that has a story mm. that we want. I want to know why Sonic would hit Sora in the face. <laughs> I want to know the emotional gravity for why he hates this Keyblade wielder. Yeah, dude. Why is he trying to murder Sora? I think what it is, it's a feud about the shoes. Sonic's oh. like, I got the biggest reddish shoes. I've got the clowniest like, shoes. No, I got the clowniest shoes. <laughs> you know, clown Wars. Clown Wars. <laughs> Gorsh. Gorsh. Well, guys, thanks for listening. Sora. Uh, if you wanted to do us a big one, um, give us a big five-star rating over on Spotify. Yeah, give us a five-star rating. Give that fat five-star rating. Don't vote honestly. Yeah. And if you wanted to give us a follow on Twitter... At Save Room Show. That's the place. There you go. Tell us your fucking Sonic and Kingdom Hearts hot takes. And if you want to see NFTs in a crazy taxi. Yeah. Yeah, NFTs in a crazy taxi. NFTs in a Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. Right? Get your Virum Rex. Nobody else has Virum Rex. (laughs) You do. Nobody else has fucking uh, Donald and Goofy as real life fucking... What animals are they? Dogs and ducks. You know the guy that bought uh, Jack Dorsey's NFT for two point nine million? Yeah, he tried to uh, put up for auction. I and saw he that. Got, only got like a thirty six hundred dollar bid. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, yeah. Hey Sega, <laughs> <laughs> maybe you should look up some news before uh, continuing down this path of darkness. Okay, there we'll see. Go. All right. Well, I'm done. Bye. All right. Bye. Yeah. Sora. Oh gosh. <laughs>